And we are on air for Fanfare Racing's Richmond NASCAR Race Review and Hot Topic Sound Off. Uh, tonight, we are reviewing two races at Richmond, both the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, but we'll also be covering some of the other series that did not race uh, with some updates. In the first half hour, we will start with the Arkham Yard Series and some short track racing, including the SRL Southwest Touring Series that raced at Kern County Raceway this past weekend. At 9 o'clock, we have uh, the Truck Series update. They did not race this weekend, but we will update you on a few things that are going on in the Truck Series. And at uh, then we'll also include the Xfinity Series uh, review of the Richmond race. At 9.30, we have a guest coming on board. It's Dylan Zampa with the SRL Southwest Touring Series. Uh, he had a really big battle this weekend with Seth, Seth Wise in the Pro Late Model Winter Showdown Race at Kern County Raceway. Uh, he finished in second place to Seth Wise. Uh, but, uh, and we will talk to him about also a finalist in this year's Alan Kowalski Driver Development Program. So uh, we're looking forward to talking to him about that as well. He's actually a second-year recipient of that program. Uh, then at, uh, not after that interview, we'll do the Cup Series review of the race at Richmond. And then 10 o'clock, of course, is our after hot topic sound off with our fan racing crew. But joining me now as co-host for our uh, NASCAR race review is Sal Stella. Join us. Welcome aboard, Sal. Oh, good evening, Sharon. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and get uh, started because we want to start off with the Arkham and Art Series. Uh, they did not race this past weekend, but we want to make sure you know when the upcoming races are happening uh, so that you can plan your calendars uh, to, to listen to them uh, or watch them. Uh, the first race that's up, Sal, is actually uh, two races on the same day at two different tracks. The Arkham Menard Series is racing April 23rd at noon central, 1 o'clock Eastern, at Talladega Super Speedway, the General Tire 200, and it will be televised on Fox Sports 1. Uh, During the same day, however, uh, that evening, at Kern County Raceway Park, the Arkham Art Series West will be racing the Kern County 150 on April 23rd at 7 p.m. Pacific, and that would be 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and that will be uh, available via live streaming at flowracing.com. So uh, that's uh, two races on the same day. Wow, yeah, it's going to be uh, – oh, that's not for another couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm sticking it's, to my it's, calendar. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I heard, I heard you. I heard you mention it. I'm sorry, Sharon. And I was thinking, gosh, am I, am I on a time warp or something? I mean, we just barely raced at Arendelle last week, but um, <laughs> or the weekend but, before. But uh, exactly, some yeah, of the drivers that raced uh, in the uh, race this weekend at Kern County in the SRL series, uh, I think, are planning to also be racing the Circle West event on April 23rd, so that was a good precursor to this race. 
Yeah, I think the only one we're probably going to see out there would be um, is just going to be Tanner Tanner Rice since he's the one that's running full time in the in the um, Arca West. Since he's the one that's running, yeah, Arca West, and I think I'm not sure, but I think Trevor Huddleston, if he gets his car fixed, he might he might come back out and uh and and race. Oh, oh no, they're going really to Kern. Cool. Yeah, oh no, that's right. The, the Arca Menards series is going to Kern. Yeah, so there's a chance mm-hmm. that um that 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 Trevor might get his car fixed in uh and try and make that trip. I didn't I didn't get a chance to really talk to him too much on Saturday, but I'll find out more this Saturday because we have our regular um we have our regular um short track show on Saturday at, at Orange Speedway, so I'll be able to find out more about the um you know, what what his plans are for the rest of the season. Okay, well that sounds good. Uh then the next race uh, that will be taking place will be in the Arca East. They will be racing the Dover 125 on April the 29th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time at Dover Motor Speedway. And again, the streaming is available on Flow Racing. Uh, but keep in mind, all of these races are also available. They have a radio broadcast at arcaracing.com, and they also have uh, the Arca Racing Central uh, for the races with live updates directly from the track. So uh, that's kind of cool as well. So uh, just something to kind of keep in mind here. Um, also, uh, we don't want to leave anybody out, but the Sioux Chief Showdown, the 10 race uh, event uh, for another championship in the Art of an Art Series, uh, is uh, planning their second event on June the 11th at 8 p.m. Central, that's 9 p.m. Eastern, at Iowa Speedway, the Iowa 150. Now, that race is going to be broadcast on Mad TV. So uh, a lot of racing for the Arkham Art Series coming up here in April and going into June. Yes, it's going to be a full, a full, a full schedule for the, for the um, Arkham Art Series drivers, you know, coming up, you know, you know, of course, you know, looking forward, you know, to seeing them, you know, but that they're, when they do have their championship race and see who's going to come around, who's going to come out on top this year? It's hard to say. Uh, we've got a lot of contenders at this point, so we'll see what happens. Sammy Smith is pretty much dominating in the East, uh, but we've got a couple of winners in the Arkham and Art Series already. Uh, now, there's a couple of really good articles. Uh, it Through the Lens. Uh, some photos from Talladega through the years available at ARCA Racing. Uh, so that might be kind of interesting. So uh, I'm sure you do that type of thing out in the West for some of the tracks out there. Yeah, we do. Um, it's, it's, uh, let me see where I'm at here. Okay. They also have some uh, images from last week's Napa Auto Parts 150, uh, where Tanner Wright was the victor at Irwindale Speedway. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. And I found it. Yeah. It was. Uh, um, you know what? And I and and I, I I know I've been meaning to ask you too. You know, if we ever going to get a a um, uh, a photo album going on, you know, on, on your website. You know, and I and I can start you know what? downloading all the photos. Of, a of, gallery, uh, a photo, yeah, a gallery. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I wouldn't mind doing a gallery. 
Yeah, I got a whole bunch of photos that we could put in there from all the different races I've been to, you know, everything from IndyCar to, uh, to, uh, um, Narco Menards, NHRA, uh, Supercross, um, shoot, you name it. Yeah, that would be very cool. Uh, so, yeah, yeah we, could, we could start a gallery at FanforRacing.com. We could call it Through Sal's Lens. <laughs> or, or just put it through the lens. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> This way they don't know. This way I don't take credit for the bad ones. I, but then, but then too, of course, you know I'm only going to send. I'm only going to send my best. So. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. I don't have to worry about. Let's explore that. Uh, nothing like being put on the spot right here on our radio show, though, Sal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh? I'm just. Maybe kidding. I should just stay quiet. <laughs> Maybe I should just stay quiet. Well, I'm just teasing you. I am just teasing you, my friend. Okay, looking at the uh, Arkham and Night Series standings, we've got uh, for 2022, Daniel dies at the top of the Arkham and Night Series with Rajak Ruth in second. What about the East and the West? Now, who's at the top of that uh, standings? I think I'm pretty sure on the East. I know on the east it was uh, Sammy Smith. Yeah, Sa- Sammy Smith on the on the east. Let me see where is it at here. I have so much trouble sometimes just trying to get to different things. Yeah, Sammy Smith and Taylor Gray are one and two right now in, in the um, in the uh, Arkham and Art Series East with uh, only twelve points. Only only twelve points uh, separating them. Yeah, so that's a pretty then, tight uh, battle right there. Yeah, and then Arca West, we have uh, it's even closer. Actually, with the top four drivers, because we got Jake Drew leading the points, and you have uh, uh, Tanner Rife in second. That's two points out. Colmore is four points out, and Austin Herzog is only eight points out from first place. So um, we got a pretty good little yeah. battle going on over here at uh, over here in the Arca West. Um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's wide open. See how the see how the next race at um the next race at uh at Kern plays out. That's going to be a, a you know another another half mile. You know, yeah, a little bit faster than Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure it will. There'll be a it's a lot faster track than Uradale. So, um, but. Most of the drivers that I see on here have raced there before. Uh, Tanner Reif just raced this past weekend in the SRL, so he's he's got him some laps out there. I don't know Cole, Cole Moore does. Um, so it, it's going to be exciting to see what happens when they when they make their stop back out here, you know, out here at uh, um, out here at Kern, at Kern County Raceway. Yes, indeed. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the Talladega race in the Arkham and Art Series, too, because a lot of these drivers uh, don't have a lot of experience on super speedways. And Arkham and Art Series, that's one of the, the things that attract drivers to this series is they get that opportunity to race on larger tracks like Talladega. 
Oh yeah, you know and 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 uh and even when you talk to the different you know, to the different drivers, you know, uh in the Arkham and Art series, you know, that's one of the reasons they that's one of the reasons they make the stop there, you know, it's because, you know, they get the chance to race at uh at um at Phoenix, you know, which is which is a one mile track and it helps them, you know, to you know, to get approved, you know, if they want to move on and try and race a bigger track. You know, depending on how they do on that track, you know, it depends that's that'll put where um where uh um NASCAR allows them, you know, to race, you know, with the mile and a half the two miles and of course the super speedways. Exactly. Now if you wanna keep up with uh when the next race is in the Arkham and Art series East or West or the Sioux Chief Showdown, uh there is a broadcast schedule uh, that is posted at ArcaRacing.com, and it tells you uh, the date, uh, the track, the time, and what TV channel you can find out, whether it's a tape delayed uh, on USA, a live stream, or the, uh, a radio audio. You can get all that information at ArcaRacing.com. And some of these are actually, uh, the radio broadcast is on air MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. My math doesn't want to go as fast as my head, so. Yeah, it's it's um. <laughs> gosh, I'm trying to find trying to find things here. My computer just. And isn't being, uh, Yeah, my computer just isn't really being. Um, how do you say it? Very friendly today. Cooperative. Oh. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's the word I was using. Yeah, that's the word I was using. Looking for cooperative. It's not being cooperative today. <laughs> it's all right. Oh, okay. Well, so I just got to drop a couple, drop a couple quarters in the in the slot, in the <laughs> in the um, where you put the disc. Right. Put a couple quarters right. in there. It'll start. It'll start working. Hopefully, I don't know. These things are weird. Okay. Well, Sal, there was a big race out at Kern County Raceway this weekend. And uh, Jacob Gomes notched his uh, first winner showdown win. I believe it was his first. Is that right? Yeah, it was his first. Actually, there was uh, this was the seventh annual. So we had um, uh, Bubba Pollard has two wins. Um, Derek Dort has two wins. Ty Majeski has a win. Kyle Busch has a win. So. Um, uh, Jacob Gomes and end up getting finally getting a, a, a showdown win. His name is now on that list, so that's pretty cool. And then also in the Pro Late Model Series, it was uh, Seth Wise that came up with the win, but he did not. That win did not come easy for him. Oh no, it didn't. They, um, him and Dylan Zappa, who we're going to have on later on in the show, um, they battled back and forth for like the last five, six, seven laps, and um, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it, it, it's going to be a talk of the, talk of the racing world for, for a while, they battled and bumped and hit each other, and finally, at the end, it was uh, Seth White that came out on top, this was Seth's second start at Kern, and his second win at Kern, he won, also, he also won a race last year at Kern. Wow, that's impressive as well. Yeah, yeah. So, he's, only, he's only had two starts there and one both starts. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Uh, so 
they had the pro late model series there. They had the late model, super late model series there. Uh, were there any? There was a modified race as well, wasn't there? Yeah, and then they ran the modified. Who won too. the modified race? Um, Tra- Travis Thurkettle won the modified race. Oh, okay, okay, so that was pretty and good. and actually and you- yeah and 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 actually. And actually, Travis Thurkettle won the All Star Showdown, so he's got mm. he's got the All Star Showdown win and the Winter Showdown win this year. He dominated that race. He just he pulled out front. It was just there was just oh my gosh, it was just it was amazing. It was really good to see him. He's a his his dad is an old time car racer from way back in the day, and uh, he's raced mm-hmm. out here at the old Mesa Marin and and the Southwest Tour and all that. And then, and then, you know, Travis actually cut his teeth at uh, at Orangedale Speedway in a in a late model, and then the last couple of years he's been racing. Um, he's racing the model in the modified series. Wow, that's fantastic! So uh, the net that the next uh, national series race is coming up as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was and coming up in Berlin. It's going to be a Berlin. Berlin Speedway, right? Uh, yes. And that's in June 8th, if I remember correctly. Yes, June 8th. So that's something to watch as well, because the SRL this year decided to go national. It's not just the Southwest Touring Series anymore. It's a national SRL series. Uh, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I can't wait to see them race at Berlin Raceway on the 8th. And then again, August the tenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the um, uh, they do have two races at um at Deppard in this year. Then um, and then I think that'll that'll basically cap them off uh, unless they get any more. You know, unless they they pick up any more tracks. I was talking to Ricky and uh, Ricky Brooks at um at Larry uh, Larry um, Collins. You know who owns the the series, and you mm-hmm. know he says, goes, "Of course, he goes. If we can pick up any more races, you know." He goes, "You know, we're going to throw them in." He goes, "But for right now, you know, we're just kind of they're kind of testing the waters back east to see how well you know the drivers, you know, over there, you know, how they, you know, how much they welcome, you know, the SRL." Well, we're trying to do our part, Sal, in spreading the word and letting people know who some of the key players are in this series. Uh, SRL Southwest Touring Series. Yes, it, it, it's it's a good series. You know, the, even the guys that come from back east, you know, they talk about it. You know, it's you know, it's one it's one of the more um, one of the more well put together series, and and uh, you know that's why you know like for the big races, you know, they'll usually come out. You know, you will get a couple of them. You know, but um, you know that's why they're they're, they're exciting. You know that you know now that the you know the SRL is going back you know, back east, you know, for a few races this year. Then I'm sure next year, you know, they have, there's a lot of stuff, you know, they're already planning for next year, which will, which will be more racing out there as the tracks, you know, as they can find tracks, you know, to race at. Okay. Now up next for the uh, Pro Late Models, there'll be a Kern County Raceway on April the 20th and the All-SRL Series at Irwindale Speedway on May the 21st. 
So uh, those are the next races that are coming up. One thing that's cool about the SRL is they have their own racing TV that Tommy Mason told us about earlier this season. But you can watch all of their races via live streaming uh, on that Spears SRL racing TV. Yes, yes, that is true. And, um, you know, uh, and actually the feed isn't to, to, to watch a race live, you know, through low-budget TV, or actually not low-budget, it's called Spears, Spears TV. You know, it's not really that expensive, you know, for what you get. You know, you get all three races, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of action. And, um, you know, it makes for, you know, a good night of racing. Plus, you know, you're, you're, supporting, um, you're supporting short track racing, which is the most important thing. Yes, indeed. Now, there was some news that came across uh, my email today from iRacing, and uh, the World of Outlaws Council game for Xbox and PlayStation is launching in the fall of 2022. So, uh, World of Outlaw fans, you'll be able to have your own console game via Xbox and PlayStation this fall. I thought that was kind of pretty good news. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, in, in any time, you know, series, you know, you know, makes that, you know, commitment, you know, that move, you know, it's always great, you know, it benefits, you know, it's it's always going to benefit the fans because that's the reason that they're, you know, that they do this, you know, it's, it's for the fans. So it's going to be, it's going to be really something, you know, to look forward to. It's something to watch, you know, when it, you know, um, you know, and like I said, you know, Flow TV, you know, right, right now they're covering everything, you know, and, and they're, their prices aren't really, you know, they're not out of the ballpark. So, you know, they're trying to keep it affordable, you know, for the fans, you know, to be able to, the ones that can't make it to the track, you know, they can still, you know, you know, buy a feed, you know, watch it at home. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, also, Matt Hirschman claims another uh, smart victory in that series. Uh, it's the same series that, uh, uh, Bobby Labonte is racing in this year, but Matt Hirschman seems to be uh, the man to watch in that series. Yes, you know, um, there's a lot of good racing going on, especially especially back out where you're at, Sharon, you know, the, in you know, the central part of the United States, the East Coast out there. You know, they have a lot of tracks. They race during the week. And, um, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. of the, a lot of the old Cup drivers, you know, are getting back into racing. And that's what they're racing. Rather than race a cup car, Xfinity, or a truck, you know, they get into the super late models, you know, which are, you know, they handle, you know, just as well, if not better, you know, and, and um, you know, the races they're running, you know, they're what we call big money races. You know, it's, you know you're exactly. not racing for points. Or you're just racing for the win. You know, there, there, ain't, there ain't no such thing as points. Well, I'll tell you what, there was also, this smart modified race was at South Boston Speedway. There was also a modified race that took place at Richmond Raceway this week, and Ryan Newman was one of the drivers in that race, but it was won by Justin Bonsignor. Yeah, you know. I pronounce his name correctly, but that's who won. Yeah, it's um, Bond. I think it's Bon. It is Bon. Uh, Signore. Bon uh, Tinger. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's a tough one, but he's been around. He's been around a long time, past champion, and um, you know he brings a really yeah. good uh, 
brings a really good show to the table, you know, if, if you ever watch him. Very, very dominant, very dominant driver in the, in the modifieds. Okay. Another thing uh, for fans to keep their eyes on, there's a Southern Super Series champion that's going to go trucking at Martinsville, and that's Jake Garcia. He's uh, looking to make his transfer uh, or transition into the NASCAR uh, trucking series, and uh, uh, it's going to be fun to see Jake Garcia on the track from that Southern Super Series. Oh, yeah, Jake's, uh, Jake's another one, too. If you ever go and meet him at the track, he's really short, probably four feet, four inches, four feet, five inches, it seems like. Really small guy, but that guy, he I'll tell you, he can, he can wheel a race car. He's hes highly talented, and um, man, he's hes always there at the end. But, you know, hopefully with all the experience he's getting, you know, he'll be able to seal the deal, you know, and grab, you know, a few more wins. He already has, a, I think he has a couple wins already this this uh this season racing and some of the other series that he races. He not only races in um, Southern Super Series, but there's, I think, a, another one or two series that he races in, you know, that are back east out there. Okay. Uh, in other news, on dirt, uh, Matthew Nance took the Blue Ridge Outlaw win at the Lakeview Openers. So a lot of tracks are having their openers uh, this time of the year. And so uh, it's fun to see who are the guys that are uh, uh, taking those wins. Yeah, it's, it's kind of strange to hear, you know, that you know having the openers. You know, when, when we've already had ours, you know, I mean, you know, we're already going to our second week, you know, of, um, you know, of, of just our, uh, you know, just our regular program. That's not including the, our night of destruction. You know, where, you know, we do all the, all the crashing up stuff. You know, which is that's also very, very, very popular racing. Especially out here at Arundel uh, Speedway. Yes, yes, I know you guys have a lot of racing out there as well. Uh, I was hoping to see if I could see a uh, finishing order for that modified race at Richmond. I haven't been able to find it just yet, but um, yeah, it's it's been really fun um, to see the racing all around the country, really. Uh, in, in all of these uh, events. We're trying to bring you just what we're giving you is just the surface of, of what's happening all over the country uh, and trying to introduce you to uh, some of the big time racers that are, are racing at local short tracks probably in your neck of the, of the, of the woods. Uh, not just your wood neck, Sal, but uh, my neck and everybody's different necks of the woods. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's uh, basically everybody's neck, you know. You know, somebody has somebody coming out of you know their their track. Um, uh, you know, um, gosh, I'm trying to think what his what his name is. It's, he's gonna be making a start too pretty soon here. But um, you know, you, you see some of the, the you know the sons of the you know the big name fathers, you know you know who who, who uh, yeah. come out here you know to the west coast to uh, you know to to uh, to participate in our um, in our third. Uh, short track racing program. Exactly. Now, um, <clears throat> Flow Racing has information on Bo- Justin Bonsignori's uh, bounce back at Richmond, uh, but there's also an article here about Matt Shepard, who can't be touched in short track super series hard clay open. That's another dirt racing event. 
uh, from around the country. And there's also events. Uh, here's one. The Advanced Auto Parts Alaska Raceway, all season long. Uh, their events are going to be streamed on Flow Racing. Did you ever think about racing in Alaska, South? No, I think I think it'd be a little bit too cold out there. I, I want an Alaska cruise. It was cold up there. But I, don't, I don't think I'd want to take a chance in, uh, you know, fall in the snow or something, you know, really freeze, you know, be out there by the track and all of a sudden, uh, you know, quick um, uh, storm comes by. You know, it's, it's not like it's going to drop a few inches of rain, you know, or a couple inches of rain. It's going to drop, you know, two, three feet of snow, you know, and, it, and that, that wind is a little bit a little bit too cold for me. Exactly. I would agree with you. But uh, I remember, uh, gosh, we haven't had him on in a long time. Remember Kelly Admiral? He used to talk about ice racing. I bet that oh, would yeah. be fun. Yeah, he, that guy, they, <laughs> I'll tell you, he had a lot of stories. I remember him telling us that that they used to, uh, that the police used to go, you know, late at night, you know, make sure everybody was home because if you weren't, you know, chances are, you know, if you left a bar, you know, you didn't make it home. You were frozen somewhere on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. That's, that's that, kind of scary. He that, yeah, he said it's that cold up there. Yep. And he's in Canada. Okay, let's go ahead now and move on to the NASCAR Truck Series. They did not race uh, this weekend. Their last race was at the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, and uh, that was an exciting race, uh, and uh, we saw um, we saw a really good race there. Zane Smith was the winner, but their next race that's coming up is uh, actually going to be uh, the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 200 at Martinsville Speedway this weekend. So Jay and I will be. Uh, doing the preview of that race. And by the way, our preview this week is going to be a podcast. Uh, We're getting together on Wednesday morning, so it should be available sometime Wednesday afternoon. And that's because the truck race is racing on Thursday, April the 7th, the time that we are usually doing our radio show. So we're going to put it out as a podcast this week. So So you you guys going to be live? No, we're, it's, it's going to be a podcast. We're going to uh, okay. go ahead and record the show, and, and once the show is recorded, then we're going to put it out as a podcast so everybody can listen to it oh. after that. Truck Series oh, Race on okay. Thursday night. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I thought you guys were going to go out and actually do a, a live show. I was going to say, wow, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we're not really able to do that. We've tried it a couple of times. Uh, but it's so distracting trying to watch the race and uh, kind of cover everything that we want to cover at the same time. So we've decided to do it as a podcast the day before uh, so that uh, we can really focus in on what's happening in the race. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. And then, you know, this way, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, you know, at least you still have the show, you know, and, you know, listeners can still, you know, stay um, stay caught up on what's going on, you know, around the, you know, around the world of racing, you know, and, and so, yeah, that should be pretty exciting. Yes, indeed. Now, that race is going to start at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and it will be televised on Fox Sports 1, 
The radio coverage is on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Um, they'll have a practice session uh, from 3 to 3.30 on April the 7th. And then qualifying will also be on Thursday at 3.30 p.m. So uh, you'll want to uh, have your FS1 uh, station up and running uh, so that you can catch the practice and the qualifying earlier in the day on Thursday. Hmm. Yeah, that is that is a, that is going to be a, uh, uh, when you think about it, it's going to be a real interesting schedule. Yes, and it's good to see practice and qualifying back at the track, uh, and I like the way they're doing it this year. I really do. Okay, yeah, let's you talk know about some of them. Go ahead, sir. You know what? And that's one thing. You know, when I've talked to a lot of the drivers, you know, you know, they're happy because even with the Arca West. You know they they they're, mm-hmm. they're back to the Friday, they're back to the Friday, um, uh, they're back to the Friday um, practice again. You know the open practice form, and there was a lot of drivers who all all to to you know at Orangedale. You know they took advantage of it because during COVID, you know they were just have they're just doing the practice practice qualifying together. Exactly. That's what they call it, so you know. Exactly. I like it. Well, there's some news that is coming out of the uh, NASCAR Truck Series as well. Um, there's an update on Buddy Kofoy, uh, who is expected to run the Bristol Dirt Race for Kyle Busch Motorsports. He'll be driving that number 51. Uh, announced today that Toyota Racing Development Dirt Standout Buddy Kofoy is making his Camping World Truck Series debut behind the wheel of the number 51 Tundra TRD Pro on April 16th in the Penske's Truck Race on Dirt at Bristol. So uh, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. He is a, he, um, quite by playing the 2021 USAC Midget National Championship on the strength of six victories in that series, which included two triumphs on his way to earning the USAC Indiana Midget weekly title. So the budding score, star also scored nine feature victories in the Lucas Oil Power Eye National Midget Series and won the Trophy Cup Sprint Car Race at Thunder Bowl Raceway in Tulare, California, and won the first of two nights of the Wild Wing Shootout at Arizona Speedway in Santan Valley. So uh, he's coming from around your neck of the woods, Sal. Yeah, it's nice to see people, you know, finally, you know, realizing that, you know, they're the Southern California isn't just beaches and, um, you know, movie stars. You know, there's actually. But we like actually, the beaches and movie stars too, Sal. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's okay, but you, the things you know, you, you know, we don't get to see the movie stars even though we live out here. And then usually when we do, I mean, you usually see it. It's usually a mugshot of them because they've gotten busted or something's happened. But the beaches are nice, you know, everything like that yes. is nice. Um, also, Blake Lothian, we had him on our show last year. Uh, he's making his Chuck Series debut also at Martinfield Speedway with Rayum Brothers Racing. So that's pretty exciting to see Blake uh, uh, making his debut at Martinsville Speedway. Yeah. Oh, the, and then of all tracks to make your debut at, you know, Martinsville or Bristol. Or, I know. <laughs> or, uh, or what's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, Dover, you know. I mean, you know, you, you kind of maybe want to do Phoenix or 
you know, something a little bit bigger. You know, you don't want to get yourself, you know, too messed up in a, you know, the little short track, you know. Well, a lot of drivers come from the short track racing world. Exactly. I was just going to say, and that's why a lot of them would rather get their start, you know, in something like that, you know, because, you know, they're already used to it. You know, that's what they, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how they've, you know, they've come up to the short tracks. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, there's a there's a I we I know we've talked about it and um, you know and we've always said you know that uh, you know that it seems like short track racing is making it this year is going to make a, a huge comeback and I I'd like to see it. I do too. I like seeing it as well. Uh, now, uh, Blake Lothian is a NASCAR driver diversity the alumni driver, uh, and a local short track star. Uh, again, he's making his debut with Rayoon Brothers at Martinsville Speedway. And uh, that comes after Lothian, who started his racing career in go-karts at the age of five, had a very successful 21 season, getting his first win at Hickory Motor Speedway and just his fourth start in the late model series. After making eight total starts in 2021, Blake Lothian scored eight top ten finishes and five top fives, along with his one win. Blake actually reached out to me last year and uh, was uh, asking if he could be on the radio show, and we brought him on, and he was was really interesting to talk to. Well, that's neat. You know what? Um, It's always nice, you know, when when the drivers, you know, ask us, hey, you know, can we, you know, you know, you got a spot for me, exactly. or can we come on, you know, and stuff like that, you know. Um, he, he comes from Wellesley, Massachusetts as well, and uh, it's really going to be fun to see him racing in the truck series this season, uh, and certainly a driver to keep your eye on. Uh, Martinsville. You know who else has come back? Uh, Although they're they're coming, no, (laughs) but they came back last year, but it was kind of a tough comeback because of uh, the weather. They didn't get to qualify and so forth. Jessica Friesen is coming to truck racing at Bristol Bristol and the Knoxville Dirt Races. So uh, for Halmar Friesen Racing. So uh, Jessica will be driving that number 62 truck at Bristol and Knoxville. Wow. See, we, we, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of things to look forward to, you know, um, you know, everybody's, you know, I mean, I know sponsorship is still hard, but, um, you know what, it, it's, it's deep to see, you know, everybody, you know, making an effort, you know, to try and get out there and try and move up, you know, in the, you know, the, in the, in the world of, uh, in our world of racing, you know, it's, you know, we've, I know we've seen it decline, you know, because of sponsorship and, and um, you know, just money, and then you know, COVID really put a put a damper on it. But it seems like now that COVID is kind of kind of over, you know, we're starting to see a lot more a lot more interest in drivers, you know, wanting to move up and you know to you know to, to stop by the truck series you know, is always good because truck series, I you know, gosh man, we see some really good racing. I don't know, we've seen good racing all all through the all the series, especially with the new car, you know, the racing has really gotten really, you know, really exciting. So it has been, 
Uh, I want to get back to Jessica Friesen. Uh, she is, her crew chief is going to be Trip Bruce. Uh, and Jessica is actually a very accomplished dirt modified and sprint car driver. So uh, she's looking forward to getting back in that number 62 truck. Uh, like I say, last week, uh, not last week, last year, uh, Jessica wasn't able to qualify because of uh, some weather or because there was no qualifying and they had to do it by the metric system. Um, so this year she'll be able to get out there and qualify on her own merit, and I'm hoping she makes it into the show. Yeah, it, it'd be nice. And I, I was I was trying to remember why she didn't get in, and I think it was, I think like you said, it was weather related, and it got it got rained out, so she never got a chance to get out on the track. Yeah, it was either that or it was just due to the pandemic they didn't have any qualifying. But uh, yeah, it's really it's really a shame. But I'm glad to see that she didn't let it discourage her from coming back this season. Yeah, you know it's kind of hard to get, get, you know, to you know get discouraged, you know, especially you know when your husband is you know still racing, you know, you know, you know, you go to you know the track, you know, and and it's you know, you know, I'm sure he's a big part of it too, you know, pushing her, you know, trying to hurry, you know what, you know, there's going to be setbacks, but you know what, just keep pushing, and eventually, you know, we'll get you, you know, out there and you know get you in a race and you know get you started. Exactly. There's another big announcement that came out uh, about drivers that will be racing on Bristol Dirt this year in the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, one of our NASCAR Cup drivers are going to be racing on Friday night. Do you know who that is? I don't know. Joey Logano uh, made an announcement that he will uh, uh, be racing in the Camping World Truck Series race on dirt at Bristol. And he, he didn't unveil the team, but did announce he would add sponsorship from Planet Fitness. So um, Bob Pockris is suggesting that Logano will be behind the wheel of the David Gilliland racing entry. So that will be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see uh, that announcement when it does come. Yeah, you know, then to be sponsored by, you know, you know, uh, fitness, especially someone like, you know, Planet Fitness. I know, I know it's big. It's huge around the country. But you know, Planet Fitness is like you, you can get a uh, a um, uh, an expensive membership. Yeah, it's like ten bucks a month. Yeah, it's really it's it really is. very like cool. 10 bucks a month. Yeah, it. yeah, it's really cheap and expensive, and you know the and the inside of them are you know really really nice. You know, really uh, you know really um. Uh, you know, up, up to date. Yes, yes. They have all the latest equipment uh, for for uh, people looking to uh, develop a healthy lifestyle to use. So you can't pay $10 a month. And I think if you want to have the uh, massaging available from the massage chair, uh, it's another $10. But, uh, yeah, Planet Fitness is really kind of cool. So a lot of really cool news here in the uh, truck series. Yeah, it's, it's going to, I'm telling you, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they don't, you see the stands, you know, and, and I know that's discouraging, you know, you know, when you see the stands, you know, but, you yeah. know, when you, when, when you actually don't pay attention to stands and watch the racing, 
you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, they really put on a heck of a show for the fans. I mean, you know, the nice thing is it's not a three, it's not a two, three hour race, you know, it's usually an hour and a half, two hour race, you know, but, you know, lots, lots of excitement, you know, and a lot of, uh, you know, um, a lot of young people driving, you know, getting their started there, you know, so it, you know, makes it, you know, really makes it a, a, you know, a good watch. I know I enjoy it. Sometimes I enjoy it more than the Cup Series. I agree. Okay, let's go ahead and go to our review of the uh, Xfinity Series race at Richmond Raceway. It was Saturday, April the 2nd. Uh, they raced 200 laps, or 250 laps, uh, and Ty Gibbs bumped John Hunter Nemechek on the last lap to win at Richmond. Uh, he knocked him out of the lead on the final lap to claim his third Xfinity Series race win by a mere point one one six seconds over Nemechek in the Toyota Care 250 at Richmond. Um, and uh, it was Gibbs' third win in seven races to start off this season. Nemechek led a race high 135 laps. He finished second and wasn't happy uh, following that race, understandably so. Uh, Sam Mayer finished third. Uh, that also brought him the additional $100,000 bonus for the Dash for Cash program. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger finished in fourth place, followed by Riley Earps, who rounds out that top five. The remaining uh, drivers in the top ten are Daniel Hemrick in sixth, Josh Berry, Brandon Brown, Ryan Seek, and Parker Retzloff completed the top ten. I'm so proud of Parker Retzloff from Rylander, Wisconsin. We had him on the show last Thursday, and uh, he's a really um, uh, uh, humble, I would say, person, but he was amazing, I think, at Richmond Raceway. Uh, his crew kind of put him back in the field, and he had to race his way back up a couple of different times. But he ended up finishing in 10th place in just his second race, so. Wow, that's a, that's an amazing finish, especially on a track like Richmond. And, I mean, and everybody's seen the bumping and the banging that was going on, you know, and, and uh, you know, you know, to survive – you know, and, and and get a top ten like that. You know, it was it was uh, you know exactly. I mean, Go back and listen to our interview from Thursday night, Sal. He's, he was really an interesting interview with Parker Retcha. I def, you know, I'm definitely going to go back and listen to it. I'm I'm curious to hear what he had to say. And then, you know, then now it's now at this finish. You know, it's yes. gosh. <clears throat> He's definitely going to be a driver to watch. They mentioned on the broadcast that he's got kind of a piecemeal crew right now. And uh, the crew chief, who happens to be, I think it was Steve Abington, if I remember correctly, he said, uh, this guy's proven that he's a real racer and we've got to get a solid team behind him on pit road. So they're going to be working to kind of solidify that pit crew so that uh, he's not put in that position again. And imagine what he can do when that happens. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, like you said, you know, just get him a good pit crew out there, you know, and um, 
you know, see how much how much more higher up, um, you know, he can get a finish at. Absolutely. Now, Nemechek won the opening stage while Gibbs was able to scoot up by in the late second stage uh, to score his stage victory. It was his first stage victory of the season. There were eight lead changes among three drivers, three cautions for 24 yellow flag laps, and the average speed of the race was 95.299 miles per hour. Um, this was uh, Gibbs' uh, seventh victory in 25 Xfinity Series, series starts, his third victory and fourth top 10 this year. Uh, the first victory and second top 10 finish in two races at Richmond. John Hunter Nemechek posted his third top 10 finish in five races at Richmond and his second top 10 finish this season. Sam Mayer posted his first top 10 finish in two races at Richmond. And Austin Hill, who was 18th, uh, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger, uh, well, I won't get into that right now, but Mayer won the Dash for Cash as the highest finishing eligible driver. Uh, Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer, A.J. Allmendinger, and Riley Erps qualified for the next week's Dash for Cash at Martinsville Speedway. Can Riley Erps do it, Sal? Can he win that Dash for Cash bonus? He can. I mean, anybody can win it. I mean, we just see Sam Mayer pick it up this past weekend. So, um, yeah, That's I mean, right. Riley Herbst has, you know, just got to, he just has to finish up higher than everybody else. Um, yep. The one that really has, the one that really has to watch himself is uh, Ty Gibbs. He's um, not making any friends out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's bumping and moving a lot of people, you know, and, and it's it's going to come, it's going to come around. And when it comes around, it's going to come around at a time that he least expects it or a time that he really needs a, a good finish. But um, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Ty Gibbs has a lot of a lot of talent. He doesn't need to be racing, you know, the way he's racing. Exactly. And um, I, I know a lot of, uh, you know, and I know a lot of uh, just this past weekend at, at, the, at the Winter Showdown, you know, everybody's talking about this. And why is he, he's got good equipment. Why is he he's doing that? driver. Why is he doing that? You know, why doesn't he just find himself a, you know, a, a good opportunity to pass it and use that instead of, he's he's hurt he's hurt a lot of drivers and I'm telling you it, it's, you know, it's, it's gonna come back around. It's yeah, payback payback's, payback's gonna and, it's gonna come. And it's, it's not gonna that we don't like Ty Gibbs. Yeah, I know. It's not that we don't like Ty Gibbs. We understand that Ty Gibbs is a very very talented driver. It doesn't make sense for him to race that way. It diminishes his ability as a driver when he does that. And I don't understand why he insists on doing it that way. He's already qualified for playoffs. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be doing that. So uh, I really thought it was a cheap move. Um, uh, a lot of people don't see any problem with it. But honestly, I, I really think that He's too talented to be doing that kind of driving. And what you're saying, Sal, just confirms it for me. Other drivers are saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, even even all here at the short tracks, you know, they're saying, you know, what, what's wrong with this kid? You know, why is he, you know, what's going, what's going through his mind? I mean, why is he, you know, Trying why to is prove he? something. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I mean, but you know, if that's what he chooses, the the payback's coming for it. 
And he understands. He says he understands. Let's see how he handles it when the payback comes. Um, and, and again, we understand that Ty Gift is a very talented driver. What we don't understand is why he finds it necessary to kind of keeping himself by, by winning this way. It's not necessary. It just is not necessary. Winning at all. You know, and, 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 and even putting aside, you know, all the, you know, all the, um, what do you call it, all the, you know, the, you know, the Christian stuff, you know, the, that he, he claims, I you, know. Know, but, you know, I mean, yeah, he might not drink, he might not cuss, he might not do all that, but I mean, you know, his, his antics on the track are just don't, they don't make sense. It's it's not it's not adding up. It's just not, and I would agree with it's you. It's not. Um, yeah, it's not. Uh, and and he will get paid back. And uh, but then you got to keep in mind, John Henry Nemechek has had his own issues on the track. If you remember the race uh, at uh, Mosport a couple weeks, couple years ago, uh, with Cole Custer, I re- I never saw Cole Custer so angry. <laughs> and oh yeah. What happened at that race? And that was John Hunter yeah. Nemechek. So uh, he's not well, a No, you know. Then plus what he did with uh, with Noah Gregson too. You know, yeah. his own teammate. You know, I mean, you know, all, but all all of them, all the young drivers are they're all um, <laughs> they're all uh, uh, guilty of it. Well, and it makes you wonder. And we're going to talk about this on NASCAR Hot Topics tonight. But it makes you wonder if we aren't bringing these drivers in just a little bit too soon when they don't have the maturity level to handle uh, being a professional race car driver. And I did put up an article at com about that. You know, and, and, it's, and, it, and it's a valid, it's a probably a, uh, it is valid, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it's, so we'll it, see. It's, it's, a, it's a valid point. No, Gregson's gone through his own learning curve in that regard as well. Oh, yeah, he's still going through it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of drivers are going through it. Uh, and, and, and I think the more veteran drivers, not that they um, – I think they're frustrated with it, to be perfectly honest with you. And they kind of come to, if this is the way you guys are going to race, we're going to race you back that way. But I think it cheapens the sport. And I wish they wouldn't do it. I wish they wouldn't lower themselves to that mentality. Let those young drivers raise their bar to the veteran drivers' professional attitude of racing. Exactly. Does you that know what? Sense? Exactly. You know, it does. It makes a lot of sense. So, you know, anyway, it makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, you know, I'm real impressed with Parker Retzlaff to do what he did. Uh, in this race uh, was truly amazing, and I hope I hope he continues to be on that path of really racing his way through the field and doing it uh, the right way uh, with those Midwestern values. <laughs> well, time will tell because you know what, one day one day they're doing this, and next day they're doing something else. So I you know, know, I mean, I know. you know. They just you know, they start doing sucks. what everybody else yeah. is doing, 
But what did you tell your kids when they told you everybody else is doing it? Man, I said if, if <laughs> you don't want to know what I told. I only have one kid. I only had a daughter, so it's different. But, okay. Well, um, I yeah, told you don't my kids. I told her. I told my kids it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It's who do you want to be? <laughs> I told them. You want to be you know this what, if guy doing or do it, you want to be that guy? Yeah. I told them the same thing. I said, but if you're getting, you know, kind of roughed up, you know, and they're making you look bad, you know, and then, hey, you know, you got to, you got I, I basically you told them, you know, it's, 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 you, you, you make your own decision. You know what? It's something you're going to have to live with the rest of your life. You know, you want to be the good person and you want to be the bad person, you know, or do you want to be exactly the in-between right. person, you know? I said, I said, and you, exactly. you do what you want. I said, but, uh, you know, I said, but, man, I, well, Dad, how did Let's you hit grow? The point don't worry about how I run grow. out of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't, don't worry about how, how Dad did it. You do it your way. <laughs> exactly. You know, but okay. anyways, all right, let's get to the points. Point standings as of Richmond. We're still looking at A.J. Allmendinger in first, Ty Gibbs right there in second with with three wins, 16 playoff points, Noah Gregson in third, Josh Berry in fourth, Justin Algeyer in sixth, and Sam Mayer round out the top six. And then from there we go to uh, Brandon Jones in seventh, Daniel Hammer in eighth, Austin Hill, the highest uh, rookie in ninth, Ryan Sieg in tenth, Riley Herbst in 11th, and Sheldon Creed right off the top 12 right now. So uh, those are and our points. Creed points also Danny. a rookie. Yeah, and Creed's also yeah. a rookie. So um, Riley's kind of, you know, he's holding, he's holding on to his own, you know. So he that's is. good to see, you know, it's good to see him up in there. Yeah, and Daniel Hamrick, I, you know, I, I expect a little bit more out of Hamrick, especially after the season he had last year. But Yes. Well, we'll you know, see what I happens. Mean, yeah, Everybody, we still got a lot of uh, we got a lot of racing ahead of us. A but lot of racing, uh, yeah. Our guest, uh, that's coming on board here, Sal. We've got a guest that's joining us at nine thirty Eastern, and uh, yeah, so we are. So our guest is Dylan Zampa. Yeah, our next guest, our only guest tonight, is Dylan Zampa. Um, just came off of an exciting uh, second place finish this past weekend, hoping. To, he would have gotten the win because then we would have had two things to talk about. But still, he's um, he made it. He's made it into a finalist again this season, this year as a in the um, Quickie Developmental Program. And uh, gosh, I I still say he got that they did him wrong last year. So hopefully, if he does what he did this year and can just get one or two wins under his belt, he'll have it. He'll have it all locked up. Really nice. Goes from a real nice family. Really hard driver. Um, follow him. Follow him on social media and see see what he's doing. It's amazing what he's helping with the food banks and everything. Even during the off season, after they had already announced the quickie winner last year, he didn't stop. He was still going full bore, helping people around his community. You know, to drive like the older people. You know, they could drive to doctor's appointments, mm-hmm. doing food drives and everything. Amazing, amazing kid. And I got to spend yeah. some time with him at Disneyland. With him and his family, I'm not happy and he, 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 go ahead, He's a sir. cool kid. He's a cool kid. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to say, oh, it's got... really amazing that he's in his second year in the Kawaki uh, Driver Development Program. It's because of the yeah, things it, that he's it, doing. Oh, I'll tell you, it, it's well-deserved. And um, but then I got to spend some time with him and his family at Disneyland, so that was really cool. Very cool. We had a lot of fun. Talk about uh, talk about that battle between him and Seth Weiss for the win at the showdown, well, winter showdown at Kern County, because they, they were bumping and banging, but they weren't doing it like the bump and run, right? Yeah, you know, they, they, they both drove hard. You know what? They both have experience. They're both going for a win, and it's a big win. It's a winter showdown win, you know. And, um, you know, this was um, – this was uh, – Seth, like I said, his second time racing there, you know, and, and, and I know he wanted to win. Dylan wanted it just as bad. And, you know, from what I've seen, i see some hard racing. And, of course, you know, you know you're going to get the, you know, the friends are always, oh, he did him wrong or he did him wrong. But, you know, in the end, when you, when you heard the interviews from both drivers, and even from Dylan at the end, you know, he was really humble with his, um, you know, with his interview, you know, and he gave Seth, you know, a lot of credit, you know, for the, you know, because last year we seen some, I'm not going to mention the two names, but we seen two drivers that are more experienced than them. And when, and when they were racing for the win, they took each other out. I mean, mm-hmm. they just flat out, bam, and that was it. You know, but I'll tell you, Seth and Dylan, they 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 um put on they put on one heck of a show for the fans and um um everybody that was at the race that was the that was the thing everybody talked about afterwards. Wow, you know what they are. Man, you didn't know who was going to win. I mean, they were slide jobs and, you know, and you you name it. They, they, this mm-hmm. race had everything. <laughs> anything, you could, anything you wanted out of a race, it was, they had it for those for those last, you know, seven, eight, eight laps, whatever it was. It was a really, really good, um, really good showing by the both of them, you know, and you got to really take your hats off and, and just really um, – you know, give give credit where credit is due because they both race their hearts out. You know, and of course there could only be one winner. You know, and um, mm-hmm. this is this is one of the races. You know, where you, you know, where it could have been a dead heat. You know, and and mm-hmm. you know they would have you know had to give the trophy to both of them. You know, but um, <clears throat> you know in the end there could only be one winner. But I'll tell you, Dylan really, he he's really one heck of a driver, and and Seth too. You know, you got to give credit to both of them, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to the next, to their next race, you know, which is going to be at, at over at my home track at Irondale. So, you know, hopefully, you know, they, oh, they okay. you know, continue where they left off there. So we'll see what happens. It, it's, um, we'll see what it's happens. Easy, you know. not here yet, Sal, so I don't know if you want to send him a text or, or what, but, um, uh, Dylan Zampa has been on our show before. Uh, we have talked with him before, so it will be nice to have him come back on the show and uh, talk to us about this Winter Showdown Pro Late Model Race. And uh, uh, it sounds like they put on a good show and they handled themselves uh, professionally at that track. Uh, to that article. Uh, I think that makes a big difference. It can be entertaining. Uh, when people are racing hard for a win without it being uh, sloppy, if you will. Yeah, exactly. You know, it wasn't sloppy. I mean, they, you know, 
Seth Seth last his last move on 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 Zap. I I got it kind of side on on the you know it was a little bit you know more aggressive you know but you know like I said you know what nobody knows what's going through their minds you know because you know the adrenaline is pumping you know and and mm-hmm. you know they're looking hey you know this I got one lap left you know two laps left you know and and, and Seth was the dominant car the whole night until the end of the race. You know, and, wow. you know, so, I mean, you know, it's, you know, looking for that driver's perspective like that, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't ever want to lose a race, you know, on the last lap, you know, or on the last two laps, you know, especially, you know, when you're the dominant car all night. So, mm-hmm. you know, then, of course, you know, you don't know what was going through, through Zappa's mind, you know, at the same time, you know, was he saving his car, you know, for the last, you know, five, six laps, you know, and, you know, you know, when he knew he could have a run hoping that, you know, that, that Seth, you know, had, you know, burned up, you know, all his stuff, you know, he didn't have nothing left for the end, but they both had, they both had something for the end. It was obvious by the battle they had and, you know, by the, and by the outcome. Exactly. So, uh, well, I hope he shows up here pretty soon. I was hoping to talk to him about, uh, he was just recently announced for his second year in that uh, Kowalki Driver Development Program, uh, and then coming off of this race this past weekend at Kern County, uh, he's got a lot going on. Um, is he racing the series full-time this season, so? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's doing the, uh, he's doing the, um, He's doing the uh, he the, the full series. Do you know if he's going to be in any of the ARCA races this year? Um, you know that I'm not too sure. That's something you know that we'll have to ask him. You know when he comes on, I just sent him another text right now and told him that we're, um, you know, that we're waiting for him. Okay. So um, so hopefully hopefully he's next to his phone. You know, and, and he sees it. You know, yeah. and he gives some buzz here real quick. Yeah, I don't want to cut us too short on our uh, Cup Series review either, um, but uh, hopefully we can get him on here sooner rather than later. We're hoping to do a 15-minute interview. It might end up being a 5- to 10-minute interview instead, um, but we'll do the best we can. If that's the case, Sal, yeah. I might let you just handle the interview, but uh, um We've got to make sure we leave time for our, our uh, Cup Series review as well. Yeah. So, uh, I know. And he's he's too young to have kids, so I, I, know, I know he's not waiting for his wife to have a baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like with, Jake, like with Jacob. Yeah, with Jacob, with Jacob Gomes, you know. He yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, man. It's funny when I, we were talking about that this, this past weekend at the, at the track, and he, he felt so bad about it. Oh, that's okay. I mean, things like that happen. You know, so he I, wasn't I able to. Happen. I said, yeah. He said, he goes, I was trying to run outside and, and, um, and, uh, he said, I was trying to run outside make and, and um, make the phone call because he didn't have any reception. And I was like, oh, man. I said, dude. He said, he goes, I, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. He goes, and, but, um, well, we were able to get him on the next week, so that was all good oh, and yeah. well. You know what, Sal? I'm going to go ahead and get into the um, Cup, Cup Series review because I'm afraid we're going to run out of time to do it. 
Okay. Uh, unless we go ahead and get started here. Uh, yeah, so let's, let me... let's start the cup. Yeah, let's, let's start the cup, and then when he comes on, then we can go ahead and um and just pick up from there. And pick up from there. I'm going to have to kind of keep an eye. Yeah. In two different areas yeah. here. Um. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. Okay, I'm going to have to kind of go back and forth here <laughs> with this. But um, we want to cover the race that took place this past weekend at Richmond Raceway for the Cup Series, the Toyota Owners 400. Oops, I hit the wrong link here. Give me a second. I guess I'm having my own computer challenges today. Okay. Man, you know what? What happened? Yeah, it must it must have went from my my from from California to uh, Chicago. Oh no, (laughs) it might have. Okay, now Denny Hamlin Hamlin actually became the seventh fifth driver in the NASCAR Cup Series to win a race, and that's in seven races. So every race is given us a new race winner. Uh, But for Hamlin, there's no better place to notch that first win of 2022 than Richmond Raceway. Much to the pleasure of his fans at Richmond, his hometown track, uh, the Chesterfield, Virginia, took the lead for the Toyota owners 400 from William Byron, which is five laps left, and held off the field for a .552 second victory over Kevin Harvick and William Byron. It was amazingly Hamlin's first top ten this season, though it marked his fourth NASCAR Cup Series victory at the 7.75-mile track. The very place the driver of the number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota grew up watching NASCAR as a young race fan. So uh, that was kind of cool. The win was the first win of the year, the fourth at Richmond Richmond Raceway, and the 47th career win. Harvick finished second, followed by William Byron, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Paul Sitter, Blaney, Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch, and Austin Dillon round out the top ten. Using a different pit strategy late in the race, Hamlin came from more than 14 seconds back over the final 25 laps to take the lead from Byron with just four laps left. Stage one was won by Blaney, stage two by Martin Truex Jr., there were 13 lead changes among seven drivers and five cautions for 35 yellow flag left. The average speed of the race was 97.447 miles per hour. Keep checking back to see if he's here yet. Um, it was his 47th victory in 585 Cup Series races and his first victory in first top 10 this season. Um, and Kevin Harvick posted his 28th top 10 finish in 42 races at Richmond Raceway. It was his third top 10 finish this year. William Byron in third posting a second top 10 finish in eight races at Richmond. Harrison Burton, who finished 18th, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. Your thoughts about those top 10 drivers, Val? Yeah, that was, uh, I'll tell you, give give him another four or five laps and I think Kevin Harvick would have caught Danny Hamlin. He was uh yeah, he was making a run in uh, Yeah, the 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 closer was getting close. I thought he was gonna catch him. I was like, <laughs> Come on, Kevin, come on. 
and then um you know they they ran out of they ran out of laps but um and it, and I was telling a friend of mine I go man I go I think Danny Hamlin's gonna win this race I said because Richmond is his track he loves his place yeah he goes, ah, nah, yep. nah, nah. he goes he had um he had William Byron and and uh, and uh, Ross Chastain another one gosh Ross Chastain is looking was looking really good there for a while too yes Martin Truex. Junior was looking good too. I think the Toyotas finally had things figured out. Uh, it was a, they have a new system that they're using for pit crews on pit road, and it seems to be working so well that other teams are willing to adopt it. Yeah, you know, and um, and 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 uh, you know, um, I told my buddy, I said, man, ever since Larson won it at Auto Club, he hasn't. That's yeah. it. You know, where's Larson? You know, he has just hasn't. Well, now that he's you won know. and he's he's kind of punched his ticket to the playoffs, he might be trying some things and, you know, yeah, working that's on true. The, I mean, you know, working on the playoffs already. Yeah, he's doing the old uh, the old check and else. You know, we're already in. You know <laughs> what? Do we really need to win? You know. Exactly. Uh, do you want to go ahead and cover the points report so we can have that done before Zil- Dylan shows up here, if he shows up? Yeah, let me, let me. Yeah, let me get to the points. Here we go. Driver points. Nobody wants to know the owner points. Driver points. Ryan Blaney still leading the points. Second is Chase Elliott without a win. Ryan Blaney he's without a, a win. Just, third is yeah. Third is Martin Truex without a win. <laughs> Fourth Actually, is Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott are tied. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're tied with points, and and then our first driver that's in the in the top sixteen is with the win is William Byron, who has one, and then we go down Joey Logano with in fifth, Ross Chastain in sixth, Alex Bowman in seventh, and Kevin Harvick round out the top eight. He was just so close to getting that win. And then from there, then we go down to Chase Briscoe in ninth, Kyle Busch in 10th, Eric Almarola in 11th, Kyle Larson in 12th, Tyler Reddick 13th, Daniel Suarez 14th, and our highest rookie is Austin Sidrick in 15th, and Austin Dillon round out the top 16. Um, gosh, I mean, you know, Daniel Suarez, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him make the chase this year. Hopefully he can hold on, you know, into that, you know, top 16 spot, you know, and, um, you know, that, that would really be, you know, a huge accomplishment for the team. Um, I know, I know that, uh, Bush had a couple words, you know, about, you know, what's going on, you know, with 23, you know, with, the with his team, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the, the team that, uh, Chastain and, um, and Daniel Suarez are racing for, you know, saying that, you know that that they're still in the 2021, not realizing that we're in 2022. That they need to really do something, you know, with these cars. And Kurt Busch has, he has, he can speak because Kurt Busch has been around a long time, past champion. He's been a lot of different teams, so Kurt Busch knows, you know, what he expects. You know, and um, you know, I know it's kind of a little bit harsh, but you know, I mean, he's just he's always been one that is vocalized. You know. He's sitting 18th in points, and we're not used to seeing Kurt Busch that low in points. Yeah, Denny Hamlin made a big uh, jump in the series point standings. He's now 20th 
with his victory this past weekend. But he's been down around 30th uh, this season as well. And like you say, uh, um, uh, I think that team, the crew uh, of these teams, uh, for like Kurt Bush and some of these other guys, uh, really, really need to work on their uh, things that they're doing too. He had a fuel pump issue uh, this weekend at uh, Richmond, and I'm talking about uh, Kurt Bush. He's 18th in the series point standings, um, and he's not used to being there. So this is going to be rough on drivers like Hamlin and and Kurt Bush to be in those positions. But one of the things we said coming into this season with this new car, um, we've been saying that, on Hot Topics anyway, we've been saying that a lot of these newer drivers are probably going to adapt more quickly than uh, the older teams uh, because these guys have to break old habits and do things a different way. And that's hard to do as you get older. So I do think that that's – that's part of the issue with some of the older drivers uh, and teams. They, they just need to really work on uh, doing things correctly because a lot of the issues with the tires being issues with how the tire was put on the car or playing around with the camber or playing around with the air pressure or different things that are within their control that could have avoided some of those incidents. Um, so, you know, they've just got to get better at their craft and, and, uh, uh, and, and you know, adjust to the new car uh, rather than, than trying to do things the old way. And I think that's a lot of the issue that some of these drivers are experiencing. But I think Toyota has some things figured out with their new pit, pit road strategy. Yeah, then, you know, the, the penalty, you know, to, to Kyle Bush, you know, because he put the tape on the, you know, on the grill, yeah. You know, um, you know that. I mean, that really set him back. You know, and I know, I know uh, Gibbs. I think they're gonna somehow. I think they're gonna try to pill it or something. You know, find out. You know, why it was such a, you know, such a big thing. You know, well, but I mean, it doesn't matter I, now that the race is over. Heard, you know, he had it on there for quite a while, and they didn't catch it. When they did catch it, they tried to give him the black flag, flag, and he did not want to come in. Uh, it took him three black flags before he finally came in to pit road to address the issue. Um, and then they explained it as they put the tape in the wrong place. Uh, but how did you make that mistake? I don't, I don't quite understand how you can do that. Accidentally put it on the uh, uh, front of the car instead of on the side. But uh, at any rate, um, I, I do think that... Uh, you know, the fact that he was racing so long with it on there and they didn't catch it, NASCAR's got to get better at catching those things a lot more quickly as well uh, because had they caught it sooner, he probably could have recovered from the black flag situation. But at the same time, if if you're so, – Jay brought this up earlier today on our discussion board. If you're driving from, let's say, Chicago to Los Angeles and I've been speeding – but I get caught in Arizona for speeding, I can't say, well, I've been doing it since Chicago and think that I'm going to get out of the ticket, right? <laughs> so the same thing's true in this case. Yeah, they might have been doing it for longer than what they were caught, but they were still doing it, and they, they weren't supposed to be doing it. So 
they got the black flag. Could NASCAR have caught it sooner and, and could he have recovered if they caught it sooner? Sure, he could have. But um, so NASCAR's got their part to be better at it as well. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's 100% true, you know. Um, you know, it, it just, you know, I mean, you know, it, it hurt a good run, you know, from him, you know, and, you know, and, and you know, I'm it sure, did. you know, the team, you know, they felt they didn't do anything wrong, you know. <laughs> but they did. You know, like, you know, like you said, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, it was on there for, you know, for a long time, but then, you know, for them all of a sudden just catch it like that, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like, you know, looking at Brad Keselowski, 31st in points when he was way up there in points, and you know, they took those points where, you know, because mm-hmm. of the, the one of the parts, you know, that he went and, you know, that he went and messed with, you know. And, um, you know, it's a part that NASCAR said, you know, was, wasn't going to be, there was going to be zero tolerance on it. You know, they still, whatever they did. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I heard some speculation that their, their uh, argument is going to be that they didn't do it on purpose. It was an accident. But again, I don't know how far they go this year. Some weird, weird stuff going on. You know what? With this new car, I mean, you know what? Once the teams, you know, get the rules figured out, you know, and, and you know, get the, you know, figure the car out, you know, I'm sure you know we're gonna see, you know, I mean, we're seeing some good racing now, you know. I'm sure you know. Hopefully, you know, we'll see, you know, you know, see even better racing. I don't know how you can get any better than what they're. With their head, you know, I know it's been really now. good this year, right? It, it has been. So I've heard a lot of people saying they're coming back to NASCAR, and, and look at the races on Sunday. A lot of people are watching on Sundays. A lot of people are are at the racetrack on Sundays. I've heard. Uh, I've been listening to Sirius XM all day, and I've heard a lot of new race fans uh, talking about different things, you know, being at the racetrack and how exciting it is for them. Um, there's a lot of new fans out there, and, and so NASCAR is doing some really good things to bring make that happen. Well, a lot that's of old racing fans coming thing. back, too. Hmm? Yeah. Um, that's always a good thing when they're, you know, striving, you know, they're striving, you know, to, to get a uh, you know, to put a better product out there, you know, for the fans, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's just getting, you know, stagnant, you know, in one area and say, hey, you know, you know, we've been like this for the last seven, eight, ten years, you know, what's, you know, it's what's what we've been doing is good enough, but, you know, I mean, they're not looking at it like that anymore, you know, now, you know, where can we, where can we improve, you know, um, Work we make it better, you know, you know, anything, you know, anything to keep the fan pleased, but more to keep them there watching, you know, week after week. Exactly right. And I think uh, there has been some really good racing on the track. Uh, And it's not just for the, the top of the field. It's for drivers that when they get penalties, they go to the back of the field and they race their way back up through the field. Uh, how we they don't always see that happening, but it is happening now in NASCAR. So uh, we saw it happen on occasion, but not the same way that we're seeing up now. I think it's I think it's pretty fantastic, and we're seeing different names up in the top ten uh, finishers and everything. I love that part of it as well. 
I think that's going to even out, though, as, as the season goes along and all these drivers kind of make the adjustments to the new car and all of the teams make the adjustments that they need to make. I think we're going to see it, uh, the cream rise to the top again. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we will. I mean, it, so far, you know, that's, that's kind of like the trend that it's followed. You know, so I'm sure, you know, that, that trend, you know, it's not going to end, you know, you know, this season, you know, because we have, you know, because we have a new car, you know, like everybody, you know, it's like, oh, man, not another new car. That means this, that means that. But you know what? When you sit back and you think about it, I mean, how many cars have we gone through, you know, and, and we said it. Yeah, we've had a couple of them that were just, you know, that were flops, you know, were mm-hmm. you know, anything, you know, we all expected. But, I mean, when you look at, and what and what's out there now, I mean, you know, it seems like the fans are really enjoy what they see out there now. They they really are enjoying it, as well as myself. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing this year uh, in the NASCAR racing. Um, Sal, are you going to be at a racetrack this weekend? Yeah, we have our or no, we have our um, we have our uh, our. our our weekly program this weekend. Oh, okay. Which is our, so um, Irwindale, which the is weekly our, uh, touring series. Yeah, our weekly touring series, which is the, um, gosh, they've, they've changed us so much. I remember for a while, I, I just got used to saying um, Whedon, All-American Series, and now it's the... Yeah, now it's the Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Touring Series. Advanced Auto Parts, yeah. Advanced Auto Parts, yeah. Yeah, well, so that's we cool. Have, we got, Maybe you can get the winner on for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can. Let me see who's uh, who's going to win because it's been a it's been a um, how do you say it? Uh, different winners every week. I mean, we had two guys come out from Orange Show our last race, and mm. we had one that you know the you know one. Each one won, you know, a third lap, uh, the twin 30 lap races. So, um, you know, okay. they, everybody's that's come out has proven, you know, that, you know, that anybody can win on any given night at Irondale. So it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good, good, good weekend of racing. Hopefully the weather, the weather keeps holding up like this. And, um, you know, if the weather keeps holding up like this, it's going to be really, really super nice. It was a nice weekend. At Kern, the weather was just perfect for uh, yeah, that's awesome. weather's, weather's perfect for NASCAR race. Well, I like your idea of putting up a gallery uh, through the lens of Sal Segala, and uh, I'll be watching for those photos to be coming in. Don't forget to resize them so we can use them on the website. Yeah, I know. I keep forgetting, and then, I, and then afterwards, then I remember, then you remind me, hey, what about the resize? <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to be a pest. Oh yeah, that's right. I want to make... <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think you're you're doing it now on a regular basis, so that's a good thing. Um, but I like the idea of having a gallery of some of the short track racing. Uh, maybe we can get uh, um, Jay out there uh, taking some photographs and doing some photography on the track. I know he's. He's a racing announcer, so it might be hard to do photography and racing announcing at the same time, but we might find some somebody who can do some photography out here on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. 
unless you guys want to all pitch in and fly me out there. <laughs> We'd have to talk about that, pal. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, right now, flying is <laughs> expensive. I know. I, I, I was trying is. to get out to uh, Pensacola this weekend to go to Derek's race, and it just, there's just no way, there's no way oh, I could have. Uh, I saw he was, I saw the truck, yeah, they're leaving. the hauler leaving for Pensacola. Yeah, there was just no way I was going to, I was going to, um, now that's a race we need to keep an eye on this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to watch Friday night's race, but Saturday I can't watch it because I'll be, I'll be at the track, so. Okay. Um, well, so we appreciate everything that you do. Um, it was fun doing the show tonight. I'm sorry Dylan wasn't able to make it on the show. Uh, but maybe we can get him rescheduled for another night. Yeah, I'll, I'll find out what happened. Okay. Okay, well, thanks again, and uh, we'll look forward to next Monday night. Okay. We'll talk to everybody next week. Everybody have a good weekend. Oh. Okay, thanks, so. Okay. All right. Okay, good night. It is. Good night. All right, it is time for our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off with the Fan Racing crew. And joining us for that right now is uh, Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Well, thank you, Sharon. Sounds like it, uh, once you take over Chicagoland Speedway there as Fan for Racing Speedway, we got a, an announcer, a photographer, a, uh, a tech guy. I don't remember if that was Mike <laughs> or Andy. Uh, Director of Operations, I think, was Mike. And our analytics is Owen. Most certainly. You're right. We got the statistician with the analytics with, with Owen. <laughs> okay. Also joining us uh, for tonight's show is uh, Andy Lasky. Welcome to the show, Andy. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Uh, doing good. Uh, looking forward to our hot topic conversation here tonight. And... Uh, uh, Jay, not Jay, I'm going to go to Andy. I apologize, Jay. Andy, let's let you kick us off with the first hot topic. All right, yeah, this is uh, kind of an interesting one, but yesterday uh, in the latter stages of the Cup Series race, uh, Kyle Busch was penalized with a penalty for the team putting tape on the front grill and um, ultimately um, wound up rebounding for a top-10 finish, certainly, but... Um, Kind of wanted to get your thoughts on on this particular penalty. Okay, that's a good one. Jay, your thoughts? Well, I know uh, Mike commented on this one. On second go-round here, I'll catch Mike's uh, opinion. Um, But, yeah, he was my fantasy pick, and I thought I was in good shape. It stinks the way it went down. I'll use that word, as I'm sure he used a few on his in-car radio. But that was a rule change this year. When they announced it and told the team, the crew knew they had done it wrong. Um, I understand Kyle's frustration. Apparently they had done it like 200 laps prior and NASCAR didn't penalize him until they saw it. Um, So, yeah, the timing of it was was rough. Uh, The fact that it had already been on there for a while uh, didn't appear to be any kind of advantage or disadvantage, but it is a rule. And as, as I told Mike uh, with that, you know, if I'm speeding down the interstate towards Atlanta from, from here 
and I get stopped over there, I can't tell the officer, well, I've been speeding for two hours or three hours, you know, hadn't gotten a ticket. Why am I getting a ticket now? It's still wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, And I would agree with that. Um, It's unfortunate. I think it highlights the fact that NASCAR needs to do a little bit better job of catching those kind of things sooner rather than later, because had they caught it sooner, 200 miles ago, uh, Kyle Bush could have had a chance to kind of recover uh, from the black flag. And then again, I think to myself, maybe they did that intentionally so that he wouldn't have the time to recover because it's something that he shouldn't have done to begin with. Now, I don't think that NASCAR actually did that, but uh, the thought did cross my mind. Um, But I, I do think that uh, these teams are going through a learning curve. Yes, I get that. But everybody knew what the rules were coming into the um, season. And so everybody's playing by the same rules. And I agree with your analogy. Uh, I kind of used the same analogy, and I gave you credit, although I kind of gave a different uh, time distance there. I said from Chicago to uh, Los Angeles and I get caught in Arizona, they're still going to give me the ticket. (laughs) It doesn't matter that I've been feeding through several states uh, and didn't get caught. I still was feeding, and I I deserved to get the ticket. So it's the same thing here. Um, And and, uh, I do think that, um, you know, that's something for NASCAR to really evaluate. Is that something that they waited? I kind of don't think it is, but at the same time, it it kind of made the penalty more meaningful, if you will, than if they had black flagged him 200 laps earlier and he was able to recover from it. Um, Then, you know, was it really that that big of a deal? So just something to think about. I... I, um, uh, I just think that everybody's playing by the same rules, so there's not a lot to complain about. I understand the frustration. I understand the irritation with it. Uh, it makes sense that the driver would be frustrated. Anybody would be frustrated in that situation. But uh, they have to pay attention to what they're doing on pit road. Andy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, that's just it, Sharon. You know, a rule is a rule, and um, – it seemed as if they kind of viewed it as an element of surprise, but the fact is it's been spoken about on every race broadcast this season so far that you can't put tape on the grill. It's a rule this year. It's in the rule book and it's black and white. So um, either, you know, they're just trying to play it off as if, you know, it's something that they pretended to not know about, which I'm going to call BS on, on, you know, quite frankly, I I think they were trying to get away (laughs) with something and and they just, they got caught quite frankly, um, it is a rule. It's been talked about even as a race fan. I've known it since the Daytona 500. So um, surely a race team that does this professionally every single week would know about it too. Fact is, tape on the grill adds downforce, which makes the car handle better, makes the car go faster. That's the incentive for putting it on the grill. You can put it on or take it off the brake ducts, which maybe that's what they intended to do to give them the benefit of the doubt. But if you put any kind of tape on the front end of that race car, it adds downforce. That's the incentive for doing it. So that's what and they where were. where are the brake either... ducts, Andy? 
they're on they're on either side of the grill. So you've got basically the front grill, and then either side of that you've got the holes for the brake ducts. Which apparently you mm. can put the you can put tape on or take it off the brake ducts, but it cannot go on the center portion of that grill. That that's in the rule book. So um, maybe that's what they were trying to do. You know, I'm not sure. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But a rule's a rule. They got caught in, but you know, but the argument of well, they've been doing it for 100 laps, you know, so we should let this go. You can't do that. It's like exactly to your point of, or or might have been Jay's point of, you know, I've been speeding for the last 200 miles, um, you know, so you might you should let me go because it took you 200 miles to catch me. Like that's, you know, that's not really fair. So, uh, it's a, you know, a, a rule's a rule, and, and they got caught, and, and they did their penalty. They did, you know, the, the drive-through penalty, and ultimately – they were able to rebound pretty nicely for a top 10. So I'm not sure that it hurt mm-hmm. them that much, um, you know, but a rule is a rule. And like I said, you know, I, I, they've been talking about it on, on broadcasts since Daytona. So this isn't something new. This is, you know, I, I, I get the impression that a lot of people didn't really know about this, at least from what I've seen online. And, and the fact is it's been talked about a lot, you know, and I think they're trying to, they're trying to keep things, you know, on an even playing field, you know, because we've seen in the past with the old car where, you know, teams would put tape on or off during the course of the race to try to help the, you know, to try to help the handling based on what the engine temperatures and the water temps were, you know, and and if the temps weren't too hot, they'd put more tape on the grill, which adds downforce, which improves the speed of the race car. But, But now in not allowing that, it keeps things on an even playing field. So I definitely can understand why um you know nascar implemented this rule because the whole point of this new car is to make things as as even and and level play you know as a as level of a playing field as possible so i completely understand why they did it and like i said if i'm you know going to play devil's advocate we'll just say that maybe they were trying to add tape to the the brake ducts to try to maybe reduce the airflow to the brakes but which apparently you can still do, but nonetheless, tape was on the grill. They got caught. They did their penalty. They'll move on. Probably not something they'll do again, but it's a costly error from the standpoint of, you know, did that take them away from winning the race? I don't know, um, but but certainly a costly error that they did rebound from in the form of a solid finish, but those are the kind of mistakes that um, professional team members cannot be making. Yes, I agree. Uh, Jay, your follow-up? I look, I look at it, these are the same people that say that if a, a team is found to have something illegal post-race, they shouldn't have been penalized because they went through pre-race inspection and didn't get caught with it. You know, I mean, that doesn't matter. <laughs> As Mike worded it, and I'm not... He's not saying he's in favor of it. He asked the question of if there should be a statute of limitations on it um, since they had gone 200 laps. If NASCAR misses a call for literally half the race worth of laps, should the team be uh, free from the penalty? Now, like I said, he doesn't say he agrees with that. Um, He was just posing that as the question. I do got to say two things. One part, uh, Andy apparently missed. I missed the fact that I had not heard about this throughout the year so far. Um, this was the first I had heard of it. and But they did say on the broadcast, the crew chief, like I said, he said he was aware of it. They missed it. They were supposed to put it on 
the brake duct on the left side. I, I think they said it was about four inches off. Now, whether the entire team knew that because the crew uh, over the wall crew that put it on apparently didn't understand why they were being penalized. So uh, I think it was a learning thing for everybody. Uh, obviously, on that team specifically, the entire crew wasn't aware of it. If the crew, je- crew chief just said put it on, uh, he was aware that it had to go on the duck on the brake duct. The crewman that did it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, it, I'm not sure how much it hurt him. You mentioned he met, it rallied for about uh, 10th place. Um, I think fourth was about as good as they were. I mean, the the way this strategy and all the racing played out, I, I don't really know, but that had kind of been the best where he had been. Um, could he have cycled up maybe a little bit differently through a pit, a pit stop? Yeah. So it could have cost him, but uh, I think they got about back to where they were running, uh, maybe a little bit short. Yeah, they finished in ninth place in in that race. Uh, so he did end up with a top 10, uh, but you're, nobody knows whether or not he maybe could have uh, won the race. It's hard to say. Or if he was kind of running in that area and wouldn't have been able to do any better. Uh, that's impossible to tell at this point. I agree with everything that you guys are saying. Um, the rule uh, is, and they have been talking about that duct tape just about every race this season uh, that you can't put it on the grill. Uh, and I always thought the teams went back and watched the race broadcast uh, to kind of and hear those kind of things. So it is a little bit surprising to me uh, that they would not have heard that. Um, the break decks, I don't think I really understood where the break decks were. I do now. Thank you, Andy. Uh, so I can see where it's close, but not quite. But yeah, I think it's 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 a little bit of a iffy call to say that it was a mistake. Uh, it kind of reminds me, I, I heard today, and again, this is just hearsay, but that the argument from uh, RFK is going to be that they didn't do it on purpose uh, at their appeal on Thursday. Um, it was a mistake. Well, <laughs> I think that's a flimsy excuse. I, I, I do. I think. You're supposed to know these things, and uh, your crew chief is supposed to know those things, and it sounds like it's a breakdown in communication So, and making sure that everybody that's supposed to know those things know those things. So I, I, I just think that's a, that's a bad excuse uh, for a professional race car team. Uh, these guys are supposed to be on top of their game and know these things. And I know it's a lot. They're dealing with a lot this season with the new car, with kind of some of the changes that are taking place from what they were doing before. Uh, old habits are hard to break, and I get that. But uh, they've got to come up with some new and innovative ways uh, to do things and do them the right way because uh, I don't think NASCAR is messing around this season. Uh, Andy, you get to go first. Yeah, I mean, you know, to to Jay's point, I wouldn't say that it's a topic that's been emphasized, you know, the entire season, but it's been brought up, certainly, you know, going back to Daytona. I remember in particular during an Xfinity Series broadcast, Joey Logano talked about it, um, how the Xfinity teams could still put tape on the grill, but that they're no longer allowed to do it in the Cup Series. So it's been talked about 
for a bit. And, you know, given that we're not allowed to, as fans to see the rule book, certainly it's not something you'd expect that, that we'd be privy to, you know, I just happened to, to catch it in mentioning, but, you know, the, for teams, you know, and crew members that work on these cars each week, surely um, they'd know about it, you know, it's something, something that could get them in trouble. But I just go back to, you know, the fact that everyone's trying to find an edge right now with this car and, you know, the envelope is going to get pushed. We're, we're seeing it every single week in terms of teams struggling to get through inspection. Um, just this past mm-hmm. week at Richmond, there were two teams that were forced to make, you know, they, they failed it three times with the loss of a crew member, forced to make a trip down pit road as, as they came to the green flag. So, you know, we're seeing inspection issues every week. We're seeing crew members getting ejected. You know, we're seeing, obviously, the big penalty from RFK, um, you know, this, this tape penalty, which ultimately didn't hurt Bush too bad, I don't think. But, you know, we're seeing teams push the limits to see what they can and can't get away with. And, and it, I kind of find it funny because, you know, everything's a mistake when you get caught, right? And that's what the excuse that mm-hmm. these guys come up with. But but the fact is, it's pushing the limits and, and, and rules are, fairly speaking, black and white. And, you know, in the case of, you know, Kyle Bush you know, tape can't go on the grill, okay? In the case of Brad Kozlowski, you can't modify the body parts of the race car. So um, so I kind of find it funny when they're like, oh, we didn't we didn't mean to do it. It's just a mistake. Well, you know, obviously there, <laughs> there was an intent there somewhere, I think, and the intent is to push the limits of the sanctioning body to see how much they can get away with. And I, I think you'll find that, that everyone's doing it somewhere here and there, and some get caught at various points in time, as we've seen. Every team tends to, to get in trouble at some point, and, you know, some don't. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I suppose that's the ingenuity of, of being a crew chief or, or being a high-level team member is you, you got to find ways to, to circumvent, you know, things and, and try to try to go fast each week, really. That's what it comes down to. So, you know, I I don't know that I fault these guys for 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 working hard to try to 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 get what little advantage they can, but rules are rules, and and when you get caught, you know, you're guilty. So it is what it is, and um, I'm sure other scenarios will arise throughout the season that we'll get to talk about here on on fan for racing. But you know, it, it's to me black and white, and and they got penalized for it. Yeah, and if I could just add one other thing, uh, and I've heard this before that sometimes. Uh, teams will do something obvious like that that will distract from something else that they're doing. So it makes me wonder if something like that isn't going on too. So just just uh, another thought that went through my head. Jay, you get to bring up the next topic. Well, you, you mentioned you hit a couple of key words there. Uh, professional, they're, they're the best of the best, and they're the top of their game. Sharon, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I will go with this. Gibbs wants to be the best and find any advantage they can. Change the way they're doing pit stops. And apparently they had this plan. Uh, it was uh, after Atlanta, the first that NASCAR approved it. But they're changing the way they do pit stops and having the entire crew go around the front of the car instead of half around the front and half around the back. And we saw that in action this weekend. And it worked. 
Uh, Andy, your thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, mission accomplished, right? Denny Hamlin from Joe Gibbs Racing goes to victory lane. So um, I'm going to applaud the team for finding a new way to, to reinvent the pit stop, if you will. And I'm sure we'll see others adapt throughout time. But um, you have to find ways to be innovative in this sport. You have to find ways to, to be better than your competition, whether it's the car, whether it's the, the driver, whether it's the crew, whether it's the pit stops. And, and you know, I'm going to give them credit for inventing a new way of doing things. And I think that with this new car, um, it, it sort of lends itself to developing a new way of doing pit stops. I think that we've seen um, – the same conventional style of pit stop, you know, over the years. And I know things that change, they change and evolve over time. You know, we went from seeing mechanics pit the cars to, to full on athletes pit the cars in recent times because pit crew members are athletes when it, when you look at what they have to go through each race. And, and now we're seeing, you know, new ways of, of reinventing how the pit stop is conducted to generate speed and, and speed is time on the racetrack and, and that equates to wins and championships. And so you got to give them credit for coming up with a new method. Obviously um, they're not shy in how they did it. They released a video online of, of how they do the pit stop. So, um, you know, you'll, you'll have to think that other teams will take notice and, and try to come up with it. But this is something that they've been, working on for months, which means they're going to be at the forefront of it for, for quite some time. And, um, you know, you got to give them credit for it. You know, I, I, I don't know that it necessarily, you know, made them way, way better than everybody else. But the fact is all four cars were relevant Sunday. All four of them had a chance to win the race. And so you have to think that, you know, it probably did play a bit of a role, certainly, in their win, and and they were they were fast on pit road, and and certainly, that's what that's what gets the job done when you have better pit stops than everybody else, and you can get your cars out front and get track position, you're going to win the race. So so a lot of credit to them for um, for putting the effort and work into um, hopefully you know bettering themselves as the season moves forward, and and obviously uh, in the first race in which it was implemented. Their team goes to victory lane. Yes, indeed. And what I, I like everything that you said, Andy, but in addition to that, what I really like about what they did is they went to NASCAR and got permission to do it the way that they're doing it. And NASCAR approved it. That's what you're supposed to do when you're coming up with solutions. NASCAR's not opposed to innovation within the sport. They just want you to follow the process uh, and and uh, they did that. So I give them kudos for following the proper process and getting the approval from NASCAR and doing it. I think it did make a difference uh, to the point that Dandy's making. All, all of the teams were very relevant this, this year. Uh, Denny Hamlin, who's been winless, uh, you know, has been struggling the last two years, really. Uh, it came up with another win uh, at Richmond. So his home track, so that's all good. Uh, so I applaud them uh, for coming up with a better solution and, and looking for solutions uh, rather than complaining about the way it is. So that's all I'm going to say. Jay, your thoughts? Well, Andy talked about, you know, it's not one that gets highlighted a whole lot, but there is an evolution of pit stops. And if you've been a race fan for a long time, and some of it you have to go back and look at, at previous, uh, even before your time, 
I think back to, uh, and I want to say Kale Yarbrough, and I'm not, that's not right. Um, one of y'all helped me, uh, his car owner, the slinging of the jack, swinging the jack wide to possibly disrupt somebody else uh, when you come around the front of the car, slinging the jack instead mm-hmm. of carrying it. Um, I had, man, Junior Johnson, I had to think for a minute. Uh, Junior Johnson gets credited with that, uh, how they sling the jack. Um uh, but then we saw, and it was Ray Everham. Andy hit on this. Ray Everham's the one that's credited with bringing in a professional pit crew uh, team, not a mechanics like you said. The Rainbow Warriors were the first at that. So there have been things like this in the past, and we saw Joe Gibbs put it into action. Now, I believe Denny Hamlin's team um, actually did it the old style a couple of, one or two of the pit stops, about half and half or a, a little bit more. Kyle Bush's went the whole way with it and did set a record, 9.19 seconds for a four-tire stop, which is the fastest in uh, NASCAR history for a four-tire stop. So you're right. It, it did have the desired effect. And having listened to the broadcasters and the announcers, the key thing they mentioned is that tracks where fuel mileage is going to become a factor because by everybody going around the front, the gas man never has to disengage uh, from the car while filling it. Normally, if the guys come around the back, they got to take that step back for those half seconds, second or not, that they're unplugged and then got to reconnect to finish up. So fuel mileage races down the road, I think you're right. I think we're going to see more teams adapt this and look at it uh, when it comes to fuel mileage races for sure. Andy, you follow Um, I'm going to be curious to see how other teams respond to this. Certainly, um, Joe Gibbs Racing has been working on this for several months now, so you have to think that uh, it's going to give them a bit of an advantage. But certainly other teams have been been working on their pit stops too, and we've seen some fast stops from basically everybody this year. But um, I'll be curious to see if, if Joe Gibbs Racing – you know, changing changing of the guard, if you will, in terms of how pit stops are conducted will uh, transcend to the rest of the field and, and if anyone else will make changes. But, um, you know, i got to give them credit for, for changing the game and, and trying to make things better. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, mission accomplished. One of their cars wins the race, and, and everyone from their, their team was, was pretty fast uh, throughout the day on Sunday. So you have to think that it at least to some degree made a bit of a difference. Okay, I don't have much to add. I'm just happy they went through the proper process and did it the right way. Uh, so, Jay, you get final well, the other thing is, The other thing I, I thought about, uh, and I brought this up uh, a week or so ago when I'd heard it, and i got to stress this again now, that I did hear from the broadcasters, um, that Joe Gibbs Racing had already this year prevented their regular cup teams from pitting in the Xfinity series or truck series because they wanted them focused on the one lug nut pit stops only. So we saw that with Hendrick Motorsports, and I think Penske's maybe does it, some of these ones that do the Xfinity series as well, that Joe Gibbs was no longer doing that. They wanted their crews focused on the one lug nut pit stops and not get messed up by going back and forth to the five, uh, five lug nut ones. So you talk about this car, they said, okay, these are things you can't mess with no more. We want an equal playing field. They put their focus on another area, 
in this case, uh, quite prevalently on pit stops and, and how they're doing their, their pit stops and what they're having their teams focused on. So they obviously feel that's where they're going to gain the advantage. And like Andy said, even if these other teams start doing it now, these guys, these guys have been practicing this and working on this for a month while they waited on NASCAR approval and got to put it into action. But they're obviously going to be more prepared with it, so it's a matter of the other teams having to catch up. Yes, indeed. Um, so we'll see what happens moving forward. Okay, we're coming up to that time of the night where I need to make an announcement for our first-time listeners, uh, and that is that we are going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. So you'll hear us uh, going off the air still talking, and we'll go off mid-sentence. But we are continuing to record the rest of our conversation, and that will be available on our podcast. Uh, Once we finish talking here tonight, I will go out on Twitter to let everyone know that the podcast is available. And at that point, you can go to the player at danforacing.com and simply fast forward to the two-hour mark to hear the rest of this conversation. Uh, For first-time listeners that may not know that that's our our week-to-week process, uh, we wanted to make sure that we didn't catch you off guard, not knowing how do you hear the rest of the conversation. So uh, that's uh, taken care of now, and I'll bring up the next topic. I will say this. I am shocked that you guys didn't bring it up last week when Ross Chastain won with the bump and run. And then it happened again this week in the Xfinity Series with Ty Gibbs winning with the bump and run. And you guys still left it to me to bring it up. So what's up with that? But anyway. Um, I, I did so you could talk about the article you wrote. Well, I did write an article. It's up at com, And it's just pondering this thought. Are NASCAR drivers professional race car drivers? And I ask a lot of questions with an intent to cause people to really think about um, what their answer is. So, but I think it all comes down to do, what do the drivers think they are? Do the drivers feel that they're professional race car drivers? So, Jay, I'll let you start here. What What's your thought about uh, NASCAR drivers in the bump and run? Well, I'm not sure if you're giving me first crack at this because I know we have a little bit different opinion on it. But the the bump and run itself, I don't have a problem with, especially for winning a race. Uh, When you talk about short track races or road courses, as the one the previous week was, I think it's bound to happen, and that's kind of where the fans look to see it. Now, I thought it was funny that John Hunter Nemechek seemed to be a little upset about by it, but they replayed Canadian – Canada, Canadian Tire Motorsports. I don't know if I got mm-hmm. that name right. Racetrack in Canada, <laughs> the road course up there. Um, John Hunter Nemechek kind of just run over uh, Cole Custer uh, uh, back then. You know, this was a few years back. However, I think this one plays a little bit different. So let me let me start with the one going back to the road course. AJ Allmendinger bumped Chastain to get by him and get into the lead, and then Bowman got by. Chastain bumped Bowman, who also then run into um, Almendinger, and Chastain got the race. That was his first career win, okay? So I think that plays a huge difference. And I'm not going to say that justifies it, but at least there's some uh, solid reasoning there. It's your first win especially. 
In the case of Ty Gibbs, uh, we've seen this several times from him. I think he is a very super aggressive driver. Not to say Chastain's not. But I felt bad for John Hunter Nemechek because I felt like he's in a little bit different position. He's only got X number of starts for Joe Gibbs Racing this year. And had he bumped the grandson uh, out of the way in return, I think there might have been a little bit more uh, question about his future. Now, if he were in a secure ride, maybe he would have. And I, I think about even this past weekend, Denny Hamlin winning. Kevin Harvick said if he could have gotten to him in, the, in that last lap, uh, lap traffic held him up a little bit. He said if he could get to him into that, that final corner coming to the checkered, I think Kevin Harvick used the words take a swipe at him. I don't know exactly what that meant, but he would have at least gave him a nudge to see what would happen. I'm okay with that. I am not okay with the run them over and absolutely not allow them to even catch their car or able to maintain it. As we saw, I go back to Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott uh, being one most recent in my mind at Martinsville. Chase Elliott's car, the rear end was up in the air. He had no opportunity to make the corner run into the wall. I don't agree with that. Giving him a nudge and getting up alongside of him and with Chastain's win, Almondinger, um, Ty Gibbs and John Nemechek, I mean, they bumped and they banged. And in the end, yeah, uh, Gibbs sent him up the track just a little bit enough to be able to drive by him and get away. So I'm okay with that as long as the driver is okay next time when it happens to them. Okay, Andy, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, this is uh, this is kind of a tough one for me because, you know, at the time that this happened on, on Saturday, I – expressed a little bit of frustration about it but you know it seems to be that this is 2022 nascar racing that you know people are gonna bump you out of the way to win a race and you know i i'm kind of okay with it i know we've had discussions on here before about racing clean versus not racing clean and you know obviously in a perfect environment you'd want to see teams you know, and drivers in particular, be able to pass someone clean for a win. Um, I think it takes more skill to do that. I think even I could get on the racetrack and bump someone out of the way to win a race, or I could at least bump someone out of the way. But, (laughs) um, you know, know, I I don't think it takes as much skill to bump someone out of the way to win as it does to pass them clean. But um, when you're – when the difference is winning the race versus running second or third – you know, I'm okay with, with the bump and run. I'm okay with maybe taking taking that shot at someone to try to get the job done because there's a big difference between winning and not winning when it comes to exposure and, and, and you know, a sponsor getting recognition and, and making the playoffs or, or playoff points. Like, there's a lot on the line, certainly, so I get it. Um, but, you know, I, I think – in, in particular with Ty Gibbs, I think the kid is an incredible talent. I think he's arguably the most talented driver in the Xfinity Series presently. He's already won three races. He's on track to win an exorbitant number of races this year. Um, certainly has to be the favorite to win the championship. Um, the, the kid's amazing, but, you know, he's aggressive. And he he finds himself in positions time after time where he's willing to use the bumper, whether it's you know, to pass someone for 21st or, or, or a pass for the lead. And I'll be curious to see how he acts on the receiving end of this, because most of the time we see him dishing it out. 
but when someone lays the bumper to him and he gets spun out and hits the fence, how is he going to handle that? That's what I want to see. You know, if he's receptive to being on the receiving end of the same thing that he dishes out week after week, race after race, you know, all right, I'll, I'll be okay with it, you know, but if he has the attitude of, I can do it, but you can't do it to me, then, you know, I'm going to lose a lot of respect in that case. Um, you know, you got to be able to, you got to be able to take it if you're going to dish it. Um, you know, but it's, uh, that aside, I, I think we have to look at the overall trend of what we're seeing and, you know, whether it be Ross Chastain last week or, or Ty Gibbs this week, um, this is becoming more of a thing, you know, be drivers willing to wreck somebody or, or bump somebody to get a win. I mean, I'll even talk about my own driver, Chase Briscoe, the big Indianapolis thing last year where, you know, he he cut the course, got back on track, didn't know he was under penalty, still thought he had a chance to win. He spun Hamlin out. Everyone thought he did it on purpose as retaliation. No, he was trying to win a race, you know, and I, I still think what he did was over-aggressive in that case, but that's another example of someone willing to do what they thought it was going to take to win the race before uh, they obviously got penalized for it. So the point being, this is becoming more of a theme that we're seeing more and more week after week is, is drivers willing to do whatever it takes to win a race. And I just have to hope that if you're willing to dish it out, you, you got to be willing to take it. And uh, certainly um, Jay brings up an incredibly good point, which is why I didn't really have a lot of sympathy for John Hunter after the fact was what he pulled on Custer at Mossport a few years ago, where he flat out wrecked the, you know, Cole going for the, the win at, uh, up there in Canada, you know, so, um, it's just a, it's just an example of being able to dish it out, but not taking it. And, um, you know, it is what it is, but it it seems to be a trend that we're seeing. I don't know that I like the trend per se. Like I said, I'm, I'm okay seeing it here and there. And, 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 you know, certainly if it's the difference between winning versus not winning, I can understand it. But, um, you know, certainly was a lot of fun to watch guys back in the day, like, um, you know, Kenseth and Jeff Burton going at it, you know, cleanly going for a win. That was more fun mm-hmm. to watch, I feel like, because um, it took skill to do that, whereas it doesn't take skill to pull, to punt someone out of the way. But um, this is 2022. This isn't 2007, and things have changed, and, and this, is just, um, this is just what we get to see week in and week out. And, you know, like I said, a bump and run here and there. I'm good with it. Um, I don't know that I want to see this theme of, of wrecking people, you know, become stronger and stronger, but I guess this is just today's day and age of racing and it is what it is. Yeah. I, I, I guess the purpose of my article was just to ask some questions to get people to really think about this uh, and to think about their personal thoughts about it. Uh, because, I think NASCAR is talking out of two sides of their mouth, uh, to be honest with you. NASCAR is looking for a culture shift by putting out stiffer penalties uh, and penalizing drivers or not playing within their rules and regulations. Brad Keselowski was the first one to test the water, not him personally, but his team, was the first team to kind of test the waters. And now they're going to have their, their chance to kind of rebuttal or appeal uh, the penalty, and we'll see what happens there. 
But NASCAR, in doing that, has said that uh, there's going to have to be a culture shift from the way that teams in NASCAR, for that matter, have done business. So that's from Scott Miller, the Senior Vice President of Competition. So they decided to put this new penalty, this new stiffer penalty uh, 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 model, if you will, into place this season along with the new car. It's an adjustment for these drivers because the old adage that they're used to is if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. But then I asked the question, um, do fans really want to see a championship by cheating more cleverly than the others? Uh, or do they want to be, uh, did, is racing about being more clever than their teammates? Uh, or is racing about being a NASCAR's elite series, uh, is it more about the talent and the skill of the drivers and their teams? Now, I understand that I'm looking at it from an idealized perspective. And I, I get that. But I do think that we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing here? Because if you, if you had a child that was in a competitive race, whether it's swimming or running or uh, bicycling, it doesn't matter what the race is. If, that, if your child pushed another child out of the way so that they could win the race, would you condone that? Would you would you applaud them for disrespecting not only themselves but their teammates in order to get that win? And I think most parents would say no, they wouldn't. <laughs> so why is it okay for NASCAR drivers to do it when we wouldn't really applaud that for our child to do that in a race? And the reason is because it's it's not the right thing to do. It's not the right way to win these races, especially in elite in an elite series like NASCAR. In an elite series like NASCAR, drivers have had to display talent and expertise to be able to race at those levels. You can play bumper cars all day long, <laughs> but if you're knocking the driver out of the way to Get that win because you've got to get that win. And I'm sorry, but John Hunter or uh, Ty Gibbs said he had to do it to get the win. I'm sorry, he didn't have to do it. He's got two wins under his belt already this season. <laughs> he didn't have to do that to get that win. Um, it's impatience. It's trying to be the best of all time and trying to be better than everybody else, so you got to do it by knocking people out of the way. That's not talent. That's not skill. That's not an expertise that you're displaying on the track. Um, I, I, I really think that they have to decide, do they want to be professional race car drivers, or do they want to be kids out there playing bumper cars all day long? And I would like to think that they want to be professional race car drivers um, and and not bump and run. But the, the, this drive to win at any cost is so strong right now, and it's become so acceptable. When we wouldn't accept it from our kids, it's become acceptable for professional race car drivers, and I don't get that. I don't get that. 
Um, I don't think it should be acceptable, just like we're talking about with the cheating. If you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. That's not right. <laughs> we don't want to celebrate cheaters at the end of the season as our champions. And, and I don't think that we want to celebrate winners for knocking each other off the track or out of the way in order to win. That's not the way we want to celebrate this sport, especially at an elite, top-tier level. And when it's – we talk about it, we talk about this all the time. First time's an accident, second time's coincidence. By the third time you've done it, that's a bad habit, people. That's a bad trend. It's not talent. And um, you wouldn't accept it from your child. Why are we accepting it from professional NASCAR race car drivers, especially ones that have talent? Sal and I talked about it earlier on the show. He said at uh, Kern County when they were racing the SRL race, it was a big topic of conversation, and even the drivers were saying, talented driver, why in the world is he trying to win races that way? It makes no sense, and it doesn't. It doesn't make sense for somebody who has that kind of talent to think that the best way for them to win that race is to knock their competitor out of the way. And I, I, I'm, I, I just don't think it's, it really puts our best put, foot forward. I don't think it puts our best foot forward as a sport. I don't think it puts a driver's best foot forward. Uh, to say that that's the way that they think they need to win races. Uh, and I think they may need to reconsider <laughs> their thoughts. Even drivers like Kevin Harvick, uh, Tony Stewart said he'd, he'd wreck his own mother to win a race. I think we've got to get away from that kind of thinking. And uh, these drivers are very, very talented, but I think it also brings up that maybe we're bringing some people, because we've watched a lot of drivers go through this learning curve, and we've talked about it. Ty Dillon's, uh, not Ty Dillon, Ty Gibbs is going to get his comeuppance. I think the only reason he hasn't gotten it yet is because of his grandpa, Grandpa Joe Gibbs. And I think people are afraid to do it to him, uh, but they should do it to him, because it's, it's, if you're ready to hand it out, you've got to be willing to receive it back. And, and that's, that's kind of a perpetual circle as well, by the way. Uh, Mark Martin used to get it, and he never gave it back because he didn't want to be that kind of a driver. He was a professional race car driver. Uh, you know, everybody loses their cool once in a while. Even, even Jeff Burton lost his cool uh, one track uh, a few years ago. I think it was Texas. Um, but the thing is, is it a habit? Do you make it a habit of that's how you want to win races? That's where I think you're crossing the line. And you're taking away from yourself as a driver, your talent, you're disrespecting your teammates, you're disrespecting the status, the elite status of being a NASCAR driver. And I, I just have never liked it. I've, I've kind of, every once in a while, I kind of, fall into the law with everybody who's saying, well, it's become the acceptable way of racing these days. That doesn't mean it has to be a, the acceptable way of racing. And I don't think it should be if we, if we don't want our kids doing 
those kind of things, then we shouldn't be doing it as NASCAR drivers. So that's just my thoughts. Jay? <laughs> I'm off myself. Well, uh, I was going to say, I'm going to read Mike's here because I, I get the feeling I'm outnumbered here. So I need Mike on my side. And we are kind of on the same side. Uh, let me read his uh, comments here. Uh, it says, having rewatched this, I see absolutely nothing wrong with what Gibbs did. The bump and run is a typical today. short, yeah, typical short track racing. <laughs> it's not like Gibbs wrecked John Hunter Nemechek. Um, he used the bumper to move up. Now he should expect it in return at some point from John Hunter Nemechek or somewhere else. There's absolutely nothing wrong, immoral, or anything else about that move. Um, now he said Gibbs will eventually get his payback, and as him and Andy talked about during the race. That's where Gibbs's character is going to be determined. Can he take it back? He's known as a hyper-aggressive racer and sometimes steps on toes. If he takes it on the receiving end with that understanding, like Logano does, I'll have no problem. He wants to whine about it like Denny Hamlin does when he gets the race the same way he races others. Then he'll lose the respect for Gibbs. And then he moved on to Chastain, um, Got the same treatment to a certain extent. He much, did much better in the trucks and Xfinity's the first years he raced theirs, but he used the bumper a lot. And I think he started to be on the receiving end of the bumper and it hurt his finishing position. So it's hard to bump and run for the lead when someone bump and run you for the 15th because they know you're a jerk and had it coming. Um, so I think this is one... Gibbs is going to have to go through that learning stage as an aggressive driver, and we could run a list of names of drivers we've seen do it and have kind of changed their style. Some of them have it. Uh, I'm with you. I don't want to see them do it that way every time or to win every race they do. And in this case, I think Gibbs could have, uh, he, he was running on a laps. I think he had the faster car, but he didn't have enough time left in the race and he could have taken second and accepted that rather than doing the, the, the bump and run. Um, and you mentioned uh, Mark Martin was one I was going to bring up. And, and I put Martin Truex up there. I think back to him and Joey Logano at Martinsville a couple, a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Truex worked over Joey Logano for 10 to 20 laps to get by him cleanly. Joey came back, caught him in the corner, gave him a bump, got by him, got the win, advanced him into the playoffs, which he said he needed to do. And that's where that mentality is now, the win and you're in. The win and you move on, you know, really does put some more pressure on winning. But I think A.J. Allmendinger said it best after him and uh, Chastain were involved in the one at CODA. It's each driver has to look in the mirror at night and be okay with what they did and whether or not they'll accept it if it happens to them. Um, and, I, and I think that's key. And we've seen that. You mentioned Mark Martin. I can't say that I ever once saw him lay the bumper anybody, no matter what had been done to him. Uh, Martin Truex, very rarely. Uh, you know, I can't say that I haven't ever seen him do it. You mentioned Jeff Burton, okay? It does happen occasionally. You lose your cool or, you know, a little bit more pressure if you're on a, a winless streak. Or, again, right now we're talking about win and you're in. Uh, when it gets down to crunch time, what are you willing to do? But like you said, it's not a regular habit uh, of that's the only way. I know, Sharon, you've talked about Haley Deegan. We saw as she came through, that that was how she mm-hmm. was winning each and every race. Okay, you don't want to see that by, by no means because that builds the reputation that's the only way you can win. I don't want to see that either. I'm okay with what Gibbs did, truthfully, 
because, uh, again, it, he didn't wreck him. He just bumped him. And I do believe he had the little bit faster car. Um, I think John Hunter Nemechek could have bumped him back, which I was kind of waiting to see. He obviously, mm-hmm. at this point in his career or situation, didn't feel like it was right. He took second in his interview. He said, I'm not going to say much other than we'll talk about it on Monday. <laughs> um, so I admire him for that, and that's that's their decision. You know, I mean, again, Mark Martin had some, if not the most, uh, respect in the garage at the very top for that reason because he never did. So that's each driver's uh, individual uh, assessment on who they want to be, how they want to win. You know, whether or not it comes down to it and they might ever do it, it'd have to be in the right position, I guess, and time will tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and time does tell the rest of the story. Oh, Andy, I'm sorry, it's your, you're up next. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of follow-up to this, but, you know, I kind of to reiterate what I've already said, you know, I'll be interested to see, you know, how – you know, how Gibbs can respond to this when he's on the receiving end of it someday. Um, you know, he's aggressive, you know, he's definitely aggressive and, you know, he, he's having a lot of success. He's just won his third race of the year. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to get taught some lessons as time goes on right now. He's kind of having his own way with the Xfinity series, but you know, that kind of driving doesn't get tolerated in the cup series you know, all the time, and he's going to find himself in some pretty tough positions learning in the Cup Series someday, and he'll get there. He's he's obviously demonstrated, even to this point, that he's a Cup Series driver and, and will be, you know, in the next probably couple of years. You know, he'll get taught some hard lessons, and, and maybe he won't make these kinds of moves as often down the road. Um, you know, like I said, when it comes to winning races, you know, you Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but, um, you know, we kind of, we don't necessarily see it just for the lead or just for, you know, winning a race on the last lap. Right. We see it with him. We see it with him all throughout the race, you know, whether it be 25th or the, or first, you know, and he, he makes some questionable moves that, you know, I think draw the ire of his competitors and, but, you know, he's a young kid, he's learning, he's, he's making enemies he's making mistakes along the way and 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 eventually lessons will get taught you know hard lessons which may be in the form of destroyed race cars and you know maybe and only maybe at that point will he understand that you know i can't race like that week in and week out because you know john hunter nemechek isn't going to forget that and and like i said that is an example of the pot calling the kettle black for sure but i think that (laughs) I do think that, uh, you know, whether it be him or someone else, like people won't forget that. And, you know, what goes around will come around. And that's the, that is the, the risk of, of racing aggressive like that is, is, you know, eventually you'll upset people enough where, you know, maybe someone, it, it might not even be in the form of retaliation in terms of wrecking somebody, but just think about, you know, let's say, five years down the road, Gibbs is leading his first ever cup race at Bristol. And, you know, someone holds him up that he raced hard or wrecked a couple, three years earlier and someone, and, and someone else passes him and takes the lead and wins the race. That's an example of how someone can get back at him down the line. So the moral of that story is, you know, if you make people's life tough now, you know, 
it's going to come back to bite you down the road. And, you know, I think maybe after learning a few valuable lessons, maybe he doesn't do that all the time. Um, He did say, I got one coming, and he understood that. Um, But I don't think he cares. He doesn't care if he gets knocked out of the way. (laughs) I think whoever knocks him out of the way has to knock him out of the race. Uh, That's the only way he's going to get the message. Uh, because to him, he feels if he gets knocked out of the way, he's going to race his way back, or he's just going to, it's just going to be a vicious cycle. I'll knock you out of the way next time. Um, what gets me a little bit, and I hate to bring this up because I know he's probably a very good person. I know Coach Gibbs is a good person. I've seen him take um, uh, difficult drivers and be able to work with them and, and everything else. But what really gets me is the thanking God <laughs> for the victory uh, when he stands there and says that, and yet he's done something that he, God didn't give him that victory. He took the victory. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't get that either. But you're right. Ty Gibbs has got a lot coming back to him, and it's not just one or two drivers. It's several drivers that have like you said, he, he does it throughout the field. He doesn't care if it's lap one or if it's lap 200. Um, if he wants that position, he's going to take it. And uh, he is not um, – uh, every driver on that track is entitled to win that race, not just Ty Gibbs. <laughs> every single driver on that track is entitled to go after that win. Uh, and I guess you're right. It just comes down to the decision of who they want to be. Do they want to be the guy that does it and has the reputation of you know, showing no skill by just pumping a driver out of the way to take that win? Or do they want to be the driver that showcases their skill, why they're in NASCAR's top elite series, is the fact that they have the skill and the talent to be there. Um, and like the drivers at Kern County were talking about, um, why in the world would Joe, would Ty Gibbs do that? Because he has talent. He doesn't have to do that. He's already got the wins. Uh, he, he doesn't have to do that. He could have ex- easily accepted second place in that situation. And he had to pump the driver out of the way in order to, to, to get that win. Um, that's, that's definitely not the way to go about this. And the other drivers that are also entitled to get that win, they're going to have to, to send the message. And it, it shouldn't matter whether he's Ty Gibbs' grandson or not. Uh, they, they, he needs to accept whatever payback he has coming to him. And he's got a lot of payback that's due to him, not just this race this weekend, but a lot of other times that he's pumped the drivers out of his way in order to gain a position or to go after that win. So, Time's going to tell the rest of that story. Okay. Um, and it's not just Ty Gibbs, by the way. There, there, as you mentioned, there's a lot of drivers uh, that have done that. And uh, can they receive it as well as they get it? It's the same message. Okay. So we are coming up to the top of the hour. So it's time for us to kind of move on uh, to our roundtable. Andy, do you want to start us off there? Uh, 
sure. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, it's uh, CB14 fan, and um, as always, fun to fun to discuss these topics um, that we come across every week. Uh, every week, it's something new and fun to talk about. So good to be on the show tonight, and um, certainly looking forward to the next one. Okay, Jay. Uh, you can follow me on Mopar MJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. Michael Hoosman on Facebook. And if fans, you haven't read the article we've been talking about, Sharon put up this afternoon that she wrote, uh, finalized and got up this afternoon, give it a read. Uh, I will say, Sharon, I, I know I joked about it uh, with you of keeping it, uh, I know your opinion on it, but you, you, the article was really well, well done of, of not quite as strong as what you've said here tonight, even though that's your feelings. Kind of put it up to the, to the readers and the followers to, to kind of think about it. Uh, I thought you did a great job with it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, again, I'm not trying to tell people how to think. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. Um, but, yeah, I want them to really think about what their their opinions are. Okay. Um, for racing, uh, actually, it's just fan for racing site on Twitter and NASCAR blog and radio everywhere else, including fanforacing.com, where our player is. Uh, for you to hear our podcast as we uh, conclude our show here tonight. Um, a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate each of them, every one of you. And to our fan racing crew here tonight, both uh, Sal Segala, uh, I should say all three of you, Sal Segala, Jay Huseman, and Andy Lasky. Uh, always appreciate your perspectives and your point of view. And, uh, Looking forward to the next time that we can get together. Now, our next show is going to be a podcast. We're going to get together on Wednesday morning because there is a race on Thursday night in the trucking series. They are racing at Martinsville, and we want to make sure fans can watch that race as well as ourselves. So we're putting together our podcast preview on Wednesday. We should have it out by Wednesday afternoon. So, uh, again, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to everybody again via the podcast on Wednesday. With that, guys, I think we're ready to call it a night. All right. Have a great night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Talk to you later.